Hey guys, it's Blue. Just a quick note before we get started with today's podcast. Um, We are going to be talking about some sensitive subjects here today, just based on the content of the anime. So I'm just putting out a quick trigger warning for um, talk of suicide, child sickness, child abuse, and a couple of other things. So yeah, just putting that out there for those of you who may not be in the right space in life to be listening to this right now. Um, And also one other thing, um, right at the end of the podcast, if you make it to the very end of the very long podcast um, episode, uh, my mic cuts out when I'm talking about what we're going to be listening to, what we're going to be reviewing next week. And so where I'm supposed to say the daily lives of high school boys, it actually says the dead lives of high school boys. Um, which is hilarious, but obviously not the anime that we're reviewing. So yeah, uh, that's a little treat for you to get to listen to right at the end of the podcast if you make it there. I hope you enjoy the episode, and yeah, uh, I'll see you then, I guess. Hello guys, welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime with me, Blue, and uh, my co-host. Me, Brad. (laughs) Brad, hi, how are you? I am well, how are you? Uh, well, you made me watch Your Lion April, so... I don't see what the problem is here. You willingly went for this, so technically it's your fault. Yeah, but, like, you already made me watch it once, and then you gotta make me watch it a second time, and... We have already oh. agreed that you're gonna make me rewatch Kids on a Slope. So, you'll get your payback. I don't know if I can handle watching Kids on the Slope another time. I mean, I don't want to have to go through the trauma again. <laughs> oh, God. Why do we do this to ourselves with these music animes? I don't know. And it's only going to get worse if we keep doing more music animes. Because I feel like they always just end up like this at some point or another. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it kind of gets this way with sports animes. We're just jumping right into it today. Um, It kind of gets, like, really emotional with sports animes because you do go through those highs and those lows and stuff like that. But for some reason with the music animes, it's just they take it to another level. Like, it's it's nuts. Oh, yeah. Like, a whole other level. Like, it's, oh, it's wild. Completely. Completely. But uh, apart from that, how have you been? What have you been up to? Nothing but work and trying to cram everything in with this episode. But outside of that, still working on audio editing, still learning how to video edit. Plus, I'm going to be moving here in a couple weeks. So Mm, my life is absolutely in shambles right now. Well, I mean, not to mention the Voldemort virus that's come to attack us all. (gasps) That is correct. The Voldemort virus. He must not be named. Mm. But uh, for those of you who may be watching in the future, we are right now in the height of, well, I mean, I'm assuming it's the height, I hope it doesn't get any worse than it is, um, of the coronavirus uh, all situation thing that's been going on. Um, Yeah, we are, we're recording this um, while everyone is currently in quarantine and uh, the world is loving everything right now. Yeah, we are recording this in late March, but this will be going up the first Sunday in April, just to mm-hmm. kind of give you a time frame of when all of this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how's America? How's that fun fun stuff? Everything is still fine. Like, everybody is just kind of doing their own, like, self-quarantining, social distancing, all that sort of stuff. We don't have... Like, really, any enforced lockdowns? Like, some states are doing 
their own Georgia and Tennessee are still wide open. They've mm-hmm. just canceled schools through the 24th of April. Mm-hmm. But everything seems to be like everything almost seems to be leveling off. Like the number of cases is continuing to grow. However, the number of deaths aren't anywhere near like what they expected. So everything seems to be kind of leveling off and doing better than everyone expected for Mm -hmm. the time being. Mm -hmm. So everything's fine on our end. Well, as fine as can possibly be anyway. How's everything Mm -hmm. in Canada? In Canada, uh, pretty much the same as America. One thing that is really good about Canada is um, population is so sparse and so small for the country size. So, um, yeah, uh, we haven't seen anywhere near as many cases um, as other places, but if it gets drastically into our big cities, then we're going to start seeing those numbers spike. Uh, but everyone is social distancing, self-quarantining, um, all non-essential stores and businesses and things have closed. Um, I'm not sure about schools being cancelled. I haven't actually heard anything about that uh, because I don't pay attention to the education system. <laughs> um, uh I know, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, right? I left school and I was just like, F that! Um, but yeah, so, yeah, I, I don't know about the schools, but I do know that... Um, that uh, I know a lot of universities have been sending their students home and doing, like, online exams, online classes, things like that, but I'm not sure about, like, elementary schools or middle schools or whatever. Yeah, I know everyone here has went to that. I know a lot of schools have switch to online even elementary through high schools Mm -hmm. and i know discord recently did an update to where you could screen share with up to 50 people now oh that's fun that's good just so classes could actually do their own Mm -hmm. stuff and whatnot so that's actually cool of them but that also kind of explains why discord has been having issues over the last little bit too yeah yeah uh lots of bugs and things that have been going on but then like so many games have been updating steam has got massive sales on right now for all of their gaming kinds of stuff origin has been putting sales up um yeah everyone has been kind of like if they're an online company have been really taking advantage of this of being like Hey, you know, if you're at home, we're going to get some good promo out there for you and give you bonus things because obviously that is going to give them a a better look and then also increase their sales because uh, people are going to go, well, while I'm here, I might as well get this game that I've wanted, you know? Oh, yeah, especially Epic because Epic normally gives you one free game a week and right now they're giving out six. So oh, I'm yeah. like, you go, guys. Like, yeah. I'll just keep that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother was telling me earlier today that there's like three games that he was recommending to me on Steam. He's like, they're free. Just go get them. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I don't already <laughs> have enough to play. Exactly. Like earlier, somebody suggested I try out the demo for the new Predator game. And I'm like, mm, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm off tomorrow. I have nothing better to do. So I'm going to make all my friends download it. And finally, Arnold gets to make his on-stream debut again. <laughs> ha ha. But it is also podcast debut. Ha ha. Ha ha. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, uh, so other than all the coronavirus... Has anything exciting been happening in uh, your world? I mean, outside of being able to move back home, not Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. I know work has been extremely busy Mm -hmm. because of the massive influx of people wanting to come in and buy paint. So I'm just like, I don't need more work, especially because the way we're having to operate right now, it makes things quite difficult. Mm -hmm. 
but I mean, more business is always a good thing. And the store, although I hate to leave it, I'm leaving it in a very good place to where if everything continues to go the way that it's going now, that store is going to be well ahead of schedule of where it should be. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't be any happier about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My dad also works retail and um, they've had crazy numbers recently as well. Um, uh, Record breaking numbers like um, numbers that they were supposed to make over Christmas. They were projected to make over Christmas and didn't make over Christmas, but have since made now. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like just watching everything during all of this especially with retail numbers Mm -hmm. and like i'm not much of one for the stock market but i've paid attention to my 401k and whatnot over the past Mm -hmm. month and Mm -hmm. it has been wild just to see it but to see how everything is like slowly kind of starting to bounce back it's like it's an interesting trend just to kind of pay attention to yeah yeah right now Um Uh, I've been getting emails from my bank pretty much every single day with new updates and new programs and new helping things. And, you know, it's one thing that you have to consider is that so many people are saying, oh, my God, it's a recession. We're going into another recession. It's like 2008 all over again. But it isn't so much like that. It is much more like a like a natural disaster or something, because, of course, um, the economy kind of like fell apart in 2008 over months, whereas now it's happening within a couple of weeks and uh yeah it's it's insane the differences that we've seen globally and it'll be very interesting to see which companies make it through and thrive and which companies don't it definitely is but also with things like this going on like it is it certainly seems like it's going to be a temporary situation once all this clears up the stock market and everything else is going to almost immediately bounce back once everything opens back up and starts going like full ham yeah. again mm-hmm. if you can hold out through through this like a couple of weeks then you'll be fine um it's just yeah if you can hold out because i know so many airlines and things have just been saying we don't think that we can keep going mm, but i think that's why a lot of the governments around the world have been doing stimulus packages for small businesses agreed. airlines and companies who actually need yeah, it agreed during this time so that'll just kind of keep everyone afloat and then once everything goes back to Mm -hmm. normal because i know i know trump was saying something about wanting to have everything open back up by easter i don't don't know how true that's going to be i don't think so but i almost think if everything keeps going the way that it's going hopefully this won't last any longer than may i'm hoping not Mm -hmm. at least yeah, uh, that's one thing is that um, obviously you want to get the economy going back up again as fast as possible because this isn't sustainable. But um, uh, you do have to completely take into to, into account and into consideration primarily whether or not um, it's the right thing to do with physical safety. Um, because, of course, you open back up the borders again, you op- open back up all of the 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 malls, all of the stores that aren't considered essential, you put everyone back to school again, you stop social distancing, and the few cases that there are right now um, will spread dramatically. Um, And yeah, that is obviously the last thing that we all want. Um, And China's actually been seeing that as well right now, where um, they had shut everything down, and then they slowly started opening back up. Uh, back up everything back up again and travel started increasing again and now they've actually seen a second influx of cases much smaller than the first time obviously but because of the fact that they opened everything back up and and traveling has happened again 
Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it is kind of like a chess game to know when is the right time to open things back up again to stop you from being in like economic devastation, but also to not put anyone at risk. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. And this has been Economics with Brad and Blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't know you were in a college lecture, but now you are. Welcome. Welcome. Now that'll be $3,000. Yeah, please. Thanks. <laughs> you can apply for a student loan on www.thiswebsitedoesnotexist.com. Although, no loans, only store credit. <laughs> yeah. T-shirts yeah. coming soon. No refunds. Yeah. <laughs> What about anime news? Do you have any anime news? I do. I have a little bit. Oh, my God. I scrambled for this so last minute because I (laughs) completely butchered everything for this episode. I absolutely ruined my I'm supposed to be taking the star role in this episode. It went to my head and I forgot to do my job. So I apologize. Senpai has let (laughs) all of you down. (laughs) No, honestly, last week when it was like, okay, yeah, read your notes out because we're going through the episodes. And I'm just like, my notes literally don't say anything. Like, I don't know. I don't remember. So, you know, this is your revenge. And the even worse part about all of that is next week's episode is going to be so much worse because of what we're covering. I don't know how we're supposed to take notes on any of that because I finished both shows and I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Next week's episode might be a little bit on the shorter side because I'm not sure how much we're actually going to have to talk about. But honestly, it's going to be one of the funniest, like those animes, they they killed me. Both of them killed me. They were so funny. Oh, they were great. It's definitely, Mm -hmm. see, this show is going to be very, like, it's going to be very heavy hearted. I may cry. I have no, like, I guarantee nothing at this point. But for next week's episode, oh, it's great. It's so lighthearted. Both shows were hilarious. I can't. Yeah, it was definitely needed after this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, anime news. Crunchyroll has postponed the dubbing of the Konosuba film, The Legend of the Crimson Mm. Demon, or whatever film Mm -hmm. it is where they focus on Megamine. I did hear about that. So I'm excited for it. I really want to watch the subbed version of it. But at this point, I'm really invested in the dub. Like, the dub for it Mm -hmm. is great. Yeah, yeah. I am super invested in this film. I haven't seen the subbed. Um, I haven't actually watched any of the dubs, so I I can't uh, talk about how how good it is or not good or whatever. Um, But yeah, I I am super invested in the series. I think it is so funny. Um, A really, really interesting take on the isekai genre. Um, And yeah, it doesn't take yourself too seriously at all. So I'm, and I've heard really, really good things about it that it is just like uh, Konosuba season one and two on steroids. And I'm like, oh, I, I gotta watch this. Well, after just watching the trailer, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it, uh, to watch it. Oh, yeah. Same here. Same here. And, oh, my God, what is this? I didn't actually take a note. I just wrote the title of the anime, and it is miles (laughs) long. But, so, Bofuri, I don't want to get hurt, so I'll just max out my defense. It is a new show that just started this past winter season. yeah, yeah. I've seen some, um, it was recommended to me on my anime list, I think. See, I've seen it. I've seen like little clips and whatnot Mm -hmm. on Facebook, Instagram and all that. And I really want to watch it because Chick just carries a giant shield. So I'm like, ooh, interesting. (laughs) I'm I'm now trying to think of whether or not I did watch it. 
No, I don't think I did. This is me. I watched so much anime that I'm like, did I watch it? Did I not watch it? Did I watch it? Did I not watch it? I don't think I did, but I think I definitely saw trailers for it. Yeah, I'm watching so much. And then with spring coming up oh next God, week, we gonna do there's going to be so much to watch. So much. So much. <laughs> oh, we have messed ourselves up on oh, this yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have one thing that's not quite anime news, but in like it. I don't know. It's important to me, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Mulan, the live-action movie, has been postponed because of the coronavirus. That actually happened um, a couple of weeks ago. But, um, yeah, I'm so sad. I was so excited. For the- I've been, like, talking about it on stream for months since the first trailer came out. I was like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm stoked. I'm sad that it's getting postponed, but obviously it's the right thing to do to postpone it because if you're going to have a theatre release, you don't want people, like, going to the cinema right now. Um, but yeah, I'm sad about it because Mulan is one of my favorites and I was super stoked about the live action not being like a replication of the animation because I obviously don't think that those always go the best. I think they're really, really hard to do, especially considering that Mulan, especially the music in Mulan is like, like blessed. Like people freaking love the music from Mulan. Um, and uh, yeah, so having the live action just be more of a historically accurate version and like of the legends and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sad, but also it just makes me want to watch it even more. I can agree. I can agree. It is definitely the right decision because I know mm-hmm. I know all of our theaters are shut down right now. So releasing mm-hmm. it here would be yeah, an absolute. Yeah waste to try to do it right now so pushing it back i think is 100 the right call mm-hmm. but also it's one of those situations of absence makes the heart grow fonder so it's just going to make more and more people excited especially if they start really ramping up the like advertisement budget on it and just really start like yeah. throwing it ham on people of hey once this is all over you can go see this film like i think everybody yeah. will just flood to go see it especially because everybody will be like oh yeah. we're finally done let's go out and do things Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it was one that was obviously hyped up from the initial, like, um, what do they call those pre-trailers where it's like the, like, 30, like, 15 seconds long. Teaser trailers? Teaser trailer. Thank you very much. Um, And uh, it was, like, hyped from the teaser trailer. And then, obviously, they released the final trailer. And everyone was like, it's going to be out in, like, two weeks. And then it wasn't. Um, So, yeah, I genuinely think that it is going to be... Um, I'm gonna, I, I can see that it is up there with some box office, like, pushing numbers, I think it, it might, I don't know if it would necessarily be record breaking, um, but I do know that obviously when, uh, the world kind of goes all over the place, people tend to turn to entertainment, so, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see about the numbers on, on Mulan, but yeah, anyways, that was my little bit of news. Speaking of teaser trailers. We totally don't release teaser trailers for the podcast over on the Instagram. Totally don't. <laughs> no, totally don't. No, not at you all. You totally don't see those uploaded early in the week and then a better trailer later in the week. No. <laughs> well, uh, Brad totally hasn't been getting into video editing now. No. no. Uh-uh. Those skills no. totally aren't being polished slowly but surely. And my drywall <laughs> totally doesn't have dents in it from my forehead. No. <laughs> <laughs> But on the note of other films getting delayed, mm-hmm. Fate Stay Night's Heaven's Feel mm-hmm. film also got delayed until April 25th in Japan. Mm-hmm. That's also a really interesting move to delay it until literally just a month from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because I'm not 100% certain how it's going over there or how yeah. well they're taking it. I haven't necessarily paid attention to how other countries are 
dealing with all this mess outside of America and then, of course, Canada from the conversation mm-hmm. that you and I have had. Yeah, so well, it's interesting. Yeah, I have uh, been kind of looking to Japan, um, keeping track of what they've been doing with virus because um, I have a friend that's currently living out there and I'm actually supposed to go out there in the summer, in July. And so... Um, yeah, I was paying attention to that. Obviously, the Olympics has now been postponed until 2021, so I'm not going to be out there for the Olympics anymore, sad face. Um, but that's okay, because I'll just find other cool things to do. I'm going to be in Japan anyway, so, like, who cares? Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I have been paying attention to things out there. Um, they did close schools, um, but some schools actually still held their opening ceremonies, their, um, their closing ceremonies, sorry, their graduation ceremonies, so they didn't uh, put in any restrictions on social distancing either. Um, they just um, closed down all non-essential stores for a little while, but they have them back up and running now. Um, and this is all just what I'm hearing through her, so like, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, uh, they are looking to go back to school when they normally go back to school, which is a lot earlier than when we go back to school over here. So they are kind of just moving forward as normal now. Um, but one thing that we do have to bear in mind when it comes to that kind of thing is that, um, Japan has a cleaner society in general, um, in the sense that, you know, you don't see trash on the streets anywhere, despite the fact that there are like no bins in Tokyo whatsoever, but you still don't see any trash anywhere. Um, everyone is very thorough about washing their hands, wearing face masks when they have a cold or a cough, um... People don't shake hands over there. It's not a country where you really touch people. It's just not in the culture to touch people. Um, so all those kinds of stuff does tend to stop the spread of this kind of stuff as well. But that being said, with their train systems and things like that, um, people are in very small confined spaces. So it's debatable as to whether or not the numbers, you're going to see the numbers start picking up there. Um, they might just be lucky and just be able to to kind of skip it or we might start seeing... Um, the numbers increase over the next couple of weeks. I think everyone right now is just kind of in a state of watching in all over the world um, as to see where numbers may be picking up or where they just don't. Um, because, yeah, Europe has, has definitely been hit the hardest with it so far. Uh, but they obviously had some time between when it was in um, like Korea and um, China to when it hit Europe. And now there's time between when it hit Europe and where it hits North America. So... You know, we'll just have to see kind of in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, Mm -hmm. which again, I will make the same point again. America, Western, like all Western countries, we need to go back to bowing. Let's just make it happen. Yeah, let's just let's just do it. I can teach everyone how to curtsy. I can teach you how to do a curtsy, Brad, if you yes, want. Yes, please do. That's definitely going to be necessary, <laughs> especially once I have to throw on my Sailor Girl outfit for that stream. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be necessary. Oh, if you're wearing a Sailor Girl outfit, then I'm also going to have to teach you how, how to get out of a car without showing off your undies. Ooh, but you see, it wouldn't be anime tropes if I didn't. Yeah, but you don't want to pull a Britney Spears, you know? Like, there's a difference between anime panty shots and a Britney Spears. <sighs> You know what? You're right. You're right. Okay, fine. You've just got to walk down an open field where there's a slight breeze, and then that'll be all good. Blue Sensei, teach me all of the things, please. (laughs) (laughs) I humbly accept your teachings. (laughs) (laughs) How to to elegantly get a panty shot with Blue Sensei. (laughs) Coming to theaters near you. Oh, God. What have I set myself up for? I don't know, but this is great. I need this to happen now. 
again. My grandmother's just like rolling in her grave, just like, why? That's not what I taught you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nan. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're making profit. You're not sorry at all. <laughs> <laughs> all for profit, boys. All for profit. <laughs> But yeah, so I actually remembered what the thing about the maxing out my defense thing was. It has officially announced its second season. So that was the part of news that I was supposed to write down and royally failed at. (laughs) (laughs) Yippa! Season two. Okay, cool. And then next piece of news, the Seven Deadly Sins manga will be receiving a new animated series in October. Oh. The series is going to be titled... Seven Deadly Sins, Anger's Judgment. And apparently it's not going to, like, it's its own new series. It's not right. technically following the Seven Deadly Sins series that's already on Netflix. Right. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. But the manga is also getting its own sequel titled The Four Nights of the Apocalypse. So definitely an interesting, like, I guess, development for the Seven Deadly Sins series. Yeah. I've only seen season one. I have also only seen season one. Like, I started season two, and then they started to get into the power level thing, and the mm-hmm. only series that I can just really stand the power leveling thing on is Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. But that's just nostalgia purposes, and even mm-hmm. then, go like, watching through Super, I'm just like, this is getting ridiculous now. <laughs> I love it, because Dragon Ball is great. Mm-hmm. But, oh my god, how much further can you go past a god at this point? It's over 9,000! Actually, 8,000, but we don't know how to dub properly. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then, following that, Demon Slayer previews new PS4 and smartphone games. Mm. So, I have no clue how this is going to turn out. I haven't actually done any research to see if it's just going to be a visual novel or if it's going to be a fully playable game. Mm. And also, Sony, or whoever produces these games... Release them on PC, please. I, mm-hmm. I literally only want to use my PS4 for games like The Last of Us and whatnot now. Give mm-hmm. me all this stuff on PC, please. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, as a PC gamer myself, it sucks when all of these things don't automatically come out on PC. I'm just like, just put them on Steam, my dude. Put them Not on only Steam. that, but translate them, please. <laughs> yeah, or, or like make them really, really baby patronizing Japanese so I can read it with my very limited <laughs> hiragana. Or just make it, like, anime to the point to where you don't even have to read the words to understand what's going on. Nani? <laughs> yeah, that's literally a just Nani or Baka. <laughs> that's it. Sukhoi. Oh. <laughs> Yata. <laughs> Perfect. Me- that's all you need. Those that's are the it. clips that you need to make an anime. That's all you need. You're good to go. That's it. That's it. I feel like if we ever decide to make our own anime of some sort, I feel like we are going to 100% succeed at this. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Just with like five words. Five words. That's all we need. That's it. That's all we need. Outside of that, all we got to do is make sure the animation looks decent. <laughs> or actually, you know what? No. Like all we have to do is just do something wild and out there and it'll be great. It'll be perfect. We'll be legendary animators before you know it. Coming soon, near you. <laughs> <laughs> and that time I got reincarnated as a slime, season two, mm-hmm. has been confirmed. Mm-hmm. 
as it's going to be running in two split cores instead of just running all together. Okay. So the first core is going to be beginning in October of this year, Mm -hmm. and the second core will start in April. Okay. Interesting. So that's definitely going to be interesting. I feel like the split core thing of a... Anime is going to run through multiple cores is becoming more and more popular as time goes on now. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, do you remember when um, Harry Potter did Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 and then Twilight did um, whatever the last movie of Twilight was Part 1 and 2 and then uh, The Hunger Games did whatever the last movie of The Hunger Games was Part 1 and 2 and everyone was just like, yeah, let's split the last book in two. Yeah. You see, I remember when that happened, but I almost thought that was one of those situations of let's just film it all together, but separate it Mm. to make more money. Yeah. Whereas with anime, I'm not sure if it's just a, let's just do half of it, so that way we don't kind of lose animation quality mm-hmm. as time goes through and then release the second half. And also, so, like, if there's a, a manga or whatever, we don't catch up to it. Yeah, so I'm not sure, and I'm also not sure if that's the actual reasons that films do that either. I'm just, I'm literally talking out of my ass. I know for Harry Potter, the reason why they did it uh, specifically for that one is just because there is so much that happens in the Deathly Hallows that it is, like, they would have to sacrifice so much to fit it into one two-hour slot. And that makes perfect sense because, honestly, the size of the book is, like, 800 pages or something. So, yeah, like, reasonable. Um, and then, then why didn't they do that for the Order of the Phoenix? I know they should have. They should have for the Order of the Phoenix. But it also, like, I mean, if you think about the budget between... I mean, there was still a massive budget, but you think about the budget between The Order of the Phoenix and The Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2, like, they they were looking at millions of dollars in difference. But, yeah. Um, yeah, they should have. They should have, like, but then they could have just gone, like, we're going to make a 50-movie series on Harry Potter with the amount of content that's in those books. Um, and I'd be like, yes, I'm here for it. Yes, it. please. Yeah, you see, exactly. Like, everybody would have been like, yes, give it to me. Give it all to me right now. I need it. Mm-hmm. But then you also, like, <laughs> sacrifice, like, um, artistic interpretation because you're like literally then just copying the books and obviously films and anime do have a kind of like um, artistic interpretation of their written works. That is true. But also feel like a lot of mm-hmm. like, at least in an anime's case, it typically stays a lot truer to its original yeah, content agreed. most of the time rather than <coughs> full metal alchemist. <coughs> <coughs> but that's a, that's definitely a podcast for another time. <laughs> Although I look forward to doing that because that'll be interesting to hear your thoughts. But here's the thing. Like in the situation of the Deathly Hollows, how do you screw up the ending that badly, though? We don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure whether you're agreeing or disagreeing with me on that, but you know what? We're just going to roll with it. (laughs) We're just going to roll with it. It's fine. I'm okay, okay? I wasn't invested for that many years. I'm fine. It wasn't like it's my entire childhood or anything. It's okay. It's just, oh, they they could have done so much better with it. Well, Um, I'm not upset. I'm not upset. Ewax. Baka. (laughs) (laughs) And for the last couple pieces of news, for one, Data Live will be getting its own spinoff film, Data Bullet. Focusing mm. on one of the spirits from the show. Mm. I know I've talked about this before, but God, Data Live is such a good harem anime. Mm-hmm. It definitely like fills the void of if you need to watch a harem anime, that's the one to watch. At least in my opinion, it's great. If you need to watch a harem, you know, if you just like you wake up one morning and you're like, I, you know what I need today? Harem. I just need a harem. I'm just, I'm, I'm craving some peanuts. <laughs> And a harm. You just wake up and you're like, you know, maybe I feel like watching something like Sword Art Online. 
No, don't watch the first season of Sword Art Online. That's a shitty harem anime. Watch no. Date Alive. <laughs> oh, SAO, the first season is so bad. <laughs> oh, I actually never made it past the first season because I watched that and I was like, okay, cool, moving on to something else. So yeah, never seen any more than that. But you need to watch Ordinal Scale just so you can get used to the new animation style because they definitely got an animation budget increase from Ordinal mm. Scale on. And then watch SAO3. Forget mm. all of the shit that happens in SAO2 because that's irrelevant at this point. They introduce a couple of new characters, but all you need to know is Sniper Chick and that's it. Outside of mm. that, just dive into SAO3. It's good. I'm going to be watching the hell out of it whenever it drops. On the 25th of April, if I'm not mistaken, so literally less than a month away from right now. I'm so excited. They left off on a cliffhanger, and I'm like, I need it. I need more. I do. I really do. And finally, the Violet Evergarden film that is going to be dropping in April 24th has gotten its first key visual Mm -hmm. and a new preview trailer. Mm. And I am so excited. Interesting. Interesting. Because I don't know if you've seen Violet Evergarden. I haven't. It's been on my torch list for so long, and everyone's going to get so mad at me because they're like, you need to. And yeah, just haven't. I, I'm i going to get on to you about it. I think you need to watch it, but I think it's episode 10, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I, I think that's the hardest I've ever cried on oh. an anime episode. Okay, well, I'm going to need at least a little bit of a break between your lie in April and that. <laughs> You got you got plenty of time. You'll be fine. I need a break, okay? Like, I just was emotionally destroyed, okay? But, yeah, Violet Evergarden is another one of those shows to where, just like with Your Line April, which, I'll, which we'll get into here in a minute, mm-hmm. but, like, whenever I heard Orange, which is the closing song for the second half of Your Line April, like, the first time I heard it, like, it... I immediately cried Mm -hmm. because it just brought back a flood of memories. And then the OP for Violet Evergarden, like it popped up on my Spotify playlist the other day. And I was at work whenever this happened and I like tears just immediately flowed. And I was like, what is this? Why is is this music hurting me? But it's just like, it immediately brought back memories of the show and Violet Evergarden probably has some of the most stunning animation i've ever seen and oh it's so good oh it's so good (laughs) yeah it's actually funny you say that because um moonlight sonata is one of those uh pieces that just like get to me um and it's in your lay in april and i i've forgotten (laughs) that it was in there because it like it resonates with me for like an entirely separate reason but then also added on on top of it it's like okay great thanks yeah i needed to see baby kosuke playing that and like making me sob my eyeballs out thank you so you yeah, see, that that's kind of how I am with the love sorrows piece from your line April as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of those to where I hear it and I have a playlist specifically for like the entire soundtrack of your line April. Mm-hmm. And anytime love sorrow plays, like I just immediately get teary. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one of those where it's just like, even just like the original classical arrangement without the emotion that the show like throws into the songs, like just the classical Mm-hmm. like composition of it like you can just feel the emotion in it and it's just mm-hmm. oh it's just teary so mm-hmm. teary well i mean but, that's why those composers were the best exactly but yeah that's all i have for news yeah okay i guess we'll just kind of jump into the all i in april stuff then yeah 
Got to switch over my notes. I'm not prepared. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, while you do that, while you pull out your notes, um, uh, I will guess I'll just let you guys know about some of the background of your lay in April. Um, it is 22 episodes long. It aired on um, October 10th of 2014 and um, aired to March 20th of 2015. It's rated a PG-13 or a 13 and up. Um, and uh, yeah, it was done by A1 Pictures. Um, ratings uh, that I grabbed, I just grabbed a couple of ratings on Crunchyroll, you're looking at a 5 out of 5 stars on anime, an 8.82 rank number 26 um, on my anime list um, and on Anime Planet it is a 4.5 out of 5 rank 71 um, the manga was actually nominated for the 5th Manga Taisho Awards in 2012 and won the award for the best shonen manga at the 37th uh, Kodansha Manga manga awards the following year and the anime was the winner of the anime division of the 2016 uh shogai anime awards um the manga is ranked uh, number 51 on my enemy list at an 8.68 and on anime planet it got a 4.46 it's 11 volumes or 44 chapters there you are <laughs> i totally don't own all 11 volumes of the manga <laughs> <laughs> i i totally don't completely believe you <laughs> it's totally not sitting on the dresser in my back bedroom right now staring me haunting you know? me telling me that i need to just reread it again <laughs> i'm genuinely shocked that you own all of them so so shocked oh i i bet and just like it also wouldn't totally wouldn't shock you that i totally don't want to spend 200 dollars to get like one of the authentic Cowdy statues to add to my collection either wait what you do who would have ever thought <laughs> like i totally don't have enough statues as it is but totally don't want to add violent girl to the mix either gather the figurines <laughs> all of the figurines so listen whenever you go to japan i'm gonna give you all the money and i'm gonna need all the figurines i have much gold but i need much figurines <laughs> <laughs> i'll see what i can do my dude <laughs> But some of the notable works from A1 Pictures, which at this point, if you're an anime fan and you don't know who A1 Pictures is, whatever rock you're living under, get out from under it. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to start calling you Patrick Star now. <laughs> but yeah, some of their notable works include Black Butler, mm. Fairy Tale, Anohana, mm. Blue Exorcist, mm. SAO, Persona, Seven Deadly Sins, and Erased. Yeah, so many good ones. Like, just so many huge titles. Oh, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of they kind of did it, which the director for the show is Kyohei Ishiguro, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. I can't pronounce Japanese. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but like this was his first like big feature as a director. The only other full series that he's actually directed is a show that came out in 2017 called Children of Wales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I honestly think is such a shame because this dude directed your line april and helped mold it into what it is now granted your line april follows the manga almost entirely Mm -hmm. but still like this was his first big thing and the show is it's so good yeah well it just proves that if you give him a good storyline and a solid budget he can make some fantastic work that is true so i'd like to see more from him at some point maybe Mm mm-hmm just to kind of see what else he can do. But then outside of all that, Your Line April also has a live action film. Yes. So you want to watch that? 
Oh god. Oh god, you gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna get so dehydrated from lack of tears. <laughs> but like we all know, ninety nine percent of the time, live actions are terrible. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I'm, I, but I'm still gonna cry. Like, uh, yeah, I'm still gonna cry. Either that, or knowing you, I think it might all like you might just skip it all because of cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me out like that, okay? It's fine. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, I need to review this anime. What am I going to do? Skip 90% of it because I can't bear to look at this horribleness. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, Yeah, I did want to talk quickly about some of the um, notable like music that they, they put in it. Um, so it does cover... All of the the great classics, you know, you got your Chopin, your Beethoven, Beethoven, your Beethoven, your Beethoven, your Tchaikovsky, your Mozart, your Rachmaninoff, your like all of the all of the big guns are included in it. Um, but the way that they do it throughout the anime is genuinely fantastic because they choose pieces that um, tell stories um, in the sense that they are. Um, uh, very, uh, for instance, like um, the Sleeping Beauty's waltz that they use in the the moment where they um, they're doing a duet, um, and mm. uh, uh, it very much goes from one to the other to the other to the other. Oh, this is I'm just going off on a weird tangent now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's okay. This entire episode is going to be nothing but tangents and me gushing time. over the show. Like it's oh, going to yeah. be nothing but um, that. But my point was, is that um, I really genuinely admire the music producers and the team that put together the particular scores and which ones that they chose um, and how they edited them, because it only enhanced the music and never subtracted from it. I agree. I agree. Like, this is another one of those shows. Now, granted, I realize because of everything that we've watched or talked about up to this point has kind of been me making the suggestions and I'm very biased towards like more musically based stuff or shows that have like phenomenal soundtracks. And this being one Mm -hmm. of them, like every bit of music from the compositions that they chose for the characters to play to the background music, everything fits and Mm -hmm. it fits to a T like it never, Mm -hmm. it does nothing but add to it. It never overdoes Mm -hmm. it by any means, Mm -hmm. but everything is just perfectly placed, perfectly done. The music of the show gets a solid 10 out of 10 from me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Anyway, I completely derailed you there. What were you saying? I don't remember. I don't remember. All I know is I can go off on tangents uh, about the show. That's it. Oh, you were talking about the director. Uh, the... Sorry, I'm... Oh, no. And then we, we started talking about the movie and then the... Uh, have you read the light novel? I have not read the light novel. However, there's only a, the light novel is basically the OVA for the show, if I'm not mistaken, which by the way, uh, there is technically 23 episodes to your line. April, there is an OVA episode that focuses on Kosei, Takashi and Emmy as kids. And it just right. kind of develops their rivalry and whatnot. I have not seen it. I've never been able to find it. However, I know it exists. Uh, I, think it's on Crunchyroll right now. I may be lying. Is it? I may be lying, but I think I saw it when I was looking it up. Um, but that might have, I don't know, maybe I'm making things up. We'll see. 
I'm going to have to go find this after this. Please, Gods of Anime, don't destroy the studio. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I don't want to have to rebuild it again. My God. (laughs) (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. yeah, so outside of that, just kind of like background Mm -hmm. information on the show before we get into it and trying to get into background information on the show without spoiling anything. It's going to be fun. Just kind of give you an introduction to the characters because the whole first episode is basically just getting you introduced to all the characters Mm -hmm. anyway. But you have Kosei, childhood pianist who is just, yeah, prodigy can play like he's literally called the human metronome. He can play every song to perfection. Like, dude's a robot. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is he he is a robot. He plays the score perfectly as the score is written rather than playing it emotively. Um, And his mom is a piano teacher. And she was like his mom, Saki, was world renowned, like Mm -hmm. one of the best. Yeah. And so everybody just basically calls him Saki's puppet throughout the yes. entire show. Yeah. You have the two best friends, Subaki, who is softball nut. Yeah, she's fun. She's great. And then Watadi, who is soccer nerd. Yes, Watari. Uh He, I believe, is actually a scholarship student to their middle school on football. For football. See... I initially watched this in Japanese, but every other time outside of that, I've watched the dub. So <laughs> I don't, I don't recall that actually being a thing. So if that actually is a thing, holy crap, that's awesome. I think, uh, yeah, I think I remember um, one of them teasing him about it, being like, oh, you don't get to say anything because you're a scholarship student. And like, it was like about grades or something. Ooh, interesting. I kind of want to watch this back in Japanese now, because I'm assuming both times you've watched it, you've watched it in Japanese, correct? Hi. Respond to (laughs) Japanese. Hang on, brain must translate. No, I'm kidding. I use hi in normal conversation a lot, and it confuses the absolute shit out of people. I I will give some more context to that. Um, I have been studying Japanese as I'm going to Japan recently, so my brain is like trying to function in Japanese, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, Korewa, and then I'm like, oh no, wait, no, that over there. It's like, okay, okay, sorry. Speaking of, you want to just fax Except me Korewa all of your nice. Japanese notes because I need to, I need to study myself. Uh, okay, um, fax you the Japanese notes. I have an entire notebook already filled up with notes, and I'm already about a hundred pages into my second notebook, so that might take a little while. You know, it's not my toner that's being wasted. It's the job's toner. So it's totally fine. It's fine. (laughs) And then that's basically your three main characters because Mm -hmm. the other main character we kind of get into a little bit later. Yeah. um, yeah, You have the trio of friends. Yes, the trio of friends. Um, So without saying any spoilers, obviously on the front like cover of the anime and everything, you know that there is a violinist. Um, and yeah, she's a violinist. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, she's also like, uh, integral character to the show. And she's like, she's also a prodigy, but she is the exact opposite of Kosei, like plays everything with emotion, Yeah, like basically derails the score entirely. It's like Mm -hmm. still plays it, but just makes it her own. And it's, It's absolutely glorious, and yeah. seeing the effect that it has on people throughout the show mm-hmm. is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I think that's probably where I'll put up our uh, spoiler warning um, going on from here on out. Uh, there, 
uh, will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show and you do not wish um, to know everything about the show, please uh, do not continue listening. Go watch the show and come back and listen to the rest afterwards. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you watch it without any spoilers if you can. Um, I know a lot of people tend to like spoilers before they go into a show. Please don't spoil this one for yourself. Go watch it. Go feel it. Go bathe in it. Uh, Take a box of tissues and some chocolate or ice cream as well. You'll need it. Um, But uh, yeah, don't spoil it for yourself. Yeah, you're going to need all of the things like Blue said, like don't spoil it for yourself. It's it's a perfect show. And the reason we have to give the spoiler warning before we even talk about it at all is because everything that we talk about is integral to the show. Like everything that is shown has a purpose. So yeah. it's really hard for like it was really hard for me to take notes <clears throat> for this show just because like everything has a purpose. So to narrow it down without basically going line for line of a show is it was challenging. Like it was tough for me to try to sit through and pick out like what deserved to be in this and what didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because I mean the show takes place over a year, but honestly not much happens in the sense that um, there are big chunks of times that you don't see. And then the times that you do see are about five minutes that take an entire episode. And it's not like it's boring because it's definitely not boring. It's just going in and talking about emotion and that kind of stuff a lot. So um, there's everything that you do see um, is, is kind of, yeah, like replayed. Oh, I won't say replayed because replayed makes it sound really boring. But like it's it's really dove into. Like it's it's explored and and talked about a lot. So you can't really like talk about one thing in the first episode because that thing is then going to show throughout the next twenty two episodes. Or one thing that you don't realize is foreshadowing is foreshadowing, and you only figure it out in the 22nd episode, you know? So it's it's all connected. It's all interwoven. Um, You're just getting bits and pieces as you go. And then uh, within the last, in the like last two episodes, really, it all comes together. Yeah, everything finally comes together in those last two episodes. But also, like, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know I'm going to ramble so much in all of this. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, it just it flashes back a lot throughout the series as well. Like it flashes back to them yeah. as kids, which, by the way, since the spoiler hats are on at this point, I yeah. feel like I need to get a gripe out of the way first really quick <laughs> because I don't want to keep doing it every time it flashes back. OK, so the characters in the show are essentially for Americans. They're in eighth grade. Yeah. Or they're actually they're they're. Freshman in high school, but the way that <clears throat> Japanese school is done, if I'm not mistaken, middle school goes through your freshman year of high school, and yeah. then high school is your sophomore through senior year. Yeah, that's actually how Canadian so, schools do it as well. Okay, so they're essentially freshmen in high school. Yes. So whenever they do flashbacks to them as kids, they are in seventh grade. So yeah. literally two years before. Yeah. But it animates them as legitimate children. Yes. That, to me, is very... Like, it's very off-putting in a way. Like, I don't, I realize you're trying to make a point. Just being like, they're younger, they've grown up, they're different. But that's too big of a jump. I actually agree with you here. The reason why um, I completely agree with you is because I found it very, very hard um, to distinguish between 
um, uh, Kohei when he was playing as a five-year-old, um, playing Moonlight Sonata in his first ever uh, debut. And then when they flash back to him um, as a 12-year-old. Um, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but there's obviously such a huge difference in age between 12 and 14. Like they look like he looks like a young adult at 14 and he looks like a five-year-old at 12. Um, and I couldn't really tell the difference between those two. And I think there should have been, yeah, the middle age was wrong. Yeah. Like they, like they could have just like, I guess like animated the lines on the face a little bit and just kind of slimmed it up a hair just to kind of make it seem younger. Like there's so much they could have done instead of doing made his hair a little bit longer as well. Because yeah, his hairstyle is exactly like the same as a, as a five-year-old as it is when he's 12. Um, and that made it tricky. And it's that way for literally everyone. Yeah. Like, Kosei's rivals. The only one that's different is Cowdy. Like, she is the yeah. only one whose hair changed throughout the show. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so outside of that. And the reason I make that gripe right off the bat is because episode one opens with Kosei, even though you don't know it's Kosei, just going ham on the piano as a kid. And it's the concert where he, like, has his breakdown. But he's just going ham. And then it flashes forward those two years, and then you get introduced to everyone doing their own thing. Subaki's playing softball mm-hmm. and, like, immediately just knocks the softball through the window. <laughs> Breaks his <laughs> face just, open. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, knocks Kosei the hell out. Like, he's in there just playing the piano, transcribing music, and then crash get slapped in the face by a softball <laughs> and then so she runs in there she thinks she's killed him because you know anime tropey like oh, he's lying <laughs> on the ground covered in blood he must be dead <laughs> and then you cut to all of them walking home from school and you get the other uh anime trope of dad's never home because they ask Kosei when his dad's coming home and he's like I don't know he's overseas doing work (laughs) yeah you never actually meet his dad like ever like you don't even know what he looks like no and yeah you never meet his dad and he's very rarely talked about too like he's only brought up like two or three times and it's typically people just asking hey how's your dad is he ever coming home (laughs) yeah because he's brought up then and then he's brought up when um uh, his mom's friend, I'm so bad with the names, when his mom's friend comes around his house just and he's like resurrected in like episode 18, I think. I don't know, something around then. 16, 18. Something like that. He's mentioned whenever Kosei applies for music school. And then outside of that, it's just the occasional question of when's your dad's coming home? When's your dad coming home? Yeah. And that's yeah. literally it. And then as they're all walking home, they all split up and go their separate way. Subaki gets a phone call from a mysterious person saying, hey, no, I forgot to ask, but we'll meet up in a couple of days. Yeah. And then Kosei goes inside and you get to see him pray to a shrine of his deceased mother. And this is where you kind of find out that his mom, Saki, has passed away. Yes. And then after this, you get your second flashback of the show where you actually get to see Kosei have his actual breakdown. Yes. And then. Which is great fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Like, this show just. Like, this boy was abused. 
like poor Kosei, like he and like everybody beats the shit out of him too. Like his friends kick the shit out of him. His mom, <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to talk about because that's just oh, it's so brutal. Yeah, I actually did want to bring something up about this. Um, so I mentioned before that this is rated a PG-13 or a 13 and up, depending on the rating systems. What do you think of that rating? It, I don't think that it's necessarily wrong, but I don't think it's mm-hmm. right either. Like, it's literally riding the razor's edge of 17 and up and 13 and up. Yeah, yeah see, this the, I agree as well, because, like, there is no gore there's no like like sexual whatever there's no like none of those kinds of things but the emotional and um i mean you see childhood abuse you see child abuse happening throughout the entire show and it's it's like even when he's getting over it it, there's flashbacks to it it i think there's every single episode it is mentioned or shown in some way or another um and I don't know how I feel about it being a PG-13 because, like, I mean, I don't I don't know that 13-year-olds would understand it necessarily, which I think makes it more okay because they would watch it and they'd just go, okay, yeah, like, oh, so sad. And they wouldn't really get the impact of it, um, which might make it more okay for them to watch it because they're not fully understanding it. So, you know, it's like when you, you listen to an innuendo when you're a kid and it goes right over your head, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But but it's also like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it being a PG-13, but I don't think it's wrong. I just don't know that it's right either. Yeah, like it's, I don't think kids, I say kids, teenagers would get it. But on the yeah. flip side of that, though, like if... The ones that do get it, like that's intense. Yeah, like, the ones that would get it, it would be intense, but also, it could be something to where, like, kids who could potentially be going through the same thing and wouldn't necessarily realize that it's wrong could potentially get something out of it. So, I think it kind of sits. Like, it sits on that line to where it could be right. I I agree, but I don't agree with it. It's it's just really odd. Well, and another thing, you never really see him express that it's wrong. Yeah. That what she did was wrong. Because he is always feeling so guilty throughout it. Like, he blames himself throughout the whole thing, even at the very end when he forgives his mother. Like, he he still is, is she proud of me? You know? Mm-hmm. But, like, you can see from the way everybody else is reacting that it is wrong. That it's not it's okay. just, mm-hmm. like, he's just, like, he is truly in that situation of, you know, it is my fault because I'm being told it's my fault. So yeah, it it yeah. just, I don't know. It does a really good job uh, of just portraying like that whole situation and just the way it portrays the emotion of everything agreed. throughout the show. Like it just, it all hits home. Like mm-hmm. the cry counter on this one is real for both Okay, of what us. was your cry counter score? So my, uh, my official one, or at least how I counted it was 11. However, episode 22, I cried literally the entire time. Yeah, um, so I, I'm at 13, um, and uh, I cried five times in episode 22. So, uh, but like I did, I fully, like I stopped crying and then I started crying again. So I did count them individually because like I did like stop. Okay, wipe my tears away. I'm fine. Okay, I'm not fine anymore. You know, so. <laughs> like I, I stopped too, but at that point I'm like, 
because I didn't think somebody was going to cheat and count all those individually. So <laughs> I just counted the whole thing as it because I I cried the entire time. It was. I, I wouldn't say that I cried the entire time, though, because there were definitely times that I did stop crying and then start crying again. I, and I counted every single time a tear like dropped as a full cry. When I just like teared up, I didn't count it as a cry. That That's the same. Like I, I legitimately mm-hmm. cried like 11 times. <laughs> uh this show, man. This show. <laughs> it's intense. It's intense, my dude. Uh, but one thing about it is that in in its intensity, it still has a lot of humor throughout it. It does. Like, it it paces everything extremely well. Like, whenever it hits hard, it hits hard. But then it immediately breaks it up with something funny. Mm-hmm. Like, the mm-hmm. little chibi drawings of them kicking the shit out of Kosei, like his friends yeah. doing it. Or, like, just... The resurrection. Like, that's a funny joke throughout. Where it's oh, like yeah. somebody gets knocked over or is asleep or something. And it's like they get up and it's like, they've been resurrected. <laughs> and it's like, okay, no, he was just asleep. Like, it's fine. Yeah, because it constantly happens to Kosei. Like, he'll fall asleep at the piano and they're like, zombie. <laughs> right, it's funny. It's funny. It's genuinely funny. Anyway, episode two. Um, We've already gone off on a tangent. Already. Uh, I, I told you, this entire thing is going to be nothing but tangents. Oh, but- yeah, we're one episode in. <laughs> But yeah, so Tsubaki brings up the idea to Kosei of tagging along whenever she introduces Watadi to a classmate. And the only reason mm. she tries to entice Kosei to going because she's like, hey, she's a classical musician, so you should go. Yeah. And yeah, and Watari is um, a huge player. He has all of the girls' phone numbers ever. All of them. Literally Every all of them. Every single like, girl. No joke. Globally. And it's constantly joked about. Like, even to the end of the show of, <clears throat> hey, like, who, who's it going to be this week? Oh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I, I read the subtitle right, because but I was laughing so hard, I cried. Um, you, you know the episode where they are going to the school fair? Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm talking about this prematurely. I'm going on another, <clears throat> like, sub track whatever um but uh, uh he is running through the hallways and he's going there's so many pretty girls yep. everywhere yep. and then and then and then he gets called a freaking walking hard on and i died <laughs> in the subtitle it's just like what are you a walking hard on and i I lost it. I lost it so bad. Like I think in the dub, he's referred to a few times as a horn dog, so I, I guess I guess it makes sense. But I've never heard that expression before, and I'm like, that's that's freaking funny. I need to I need to start using that. Oh, that's great. That's great. And then, so after Tsubaki tries to convince him, you get another flashback of Kosei getting actually abused mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into his mom dying. And then the episode basically comes to the close because Kosei arrives first at the meeting and hears somebody playing a melodica off in the distance. And lo and behold, it is Cowdy. Mm-hmm. And then she proceeds to kick the shit out of him because she thought he was taking an upskirt photo whenever really he was just like, hey, this girl's beautiful. And also look at all these pigeons. I just want to take a picture. Yeah. And there were also two really cute kids who were playing with her and it was an adorable picture. I will give him that. And not only that, but it was like such a really cool moment. Like, again, like even just the little bits of music that they play in its own little separate moments. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting choice of instruments as well. I mean, other than like piano and violin and everything, but like throughout it, you hear like maracas and um, like all kinds of different like little things that you wouldn't necessarily think of in a classical music anime. Mm, Because I never would have like thought about a melodica. And Mm. yet this show, like it's prominent too, because they use it like three or four different times Mm -hmm. throughout it. And the episode closes with them being like, Hey, I'm playing a concert, so y'all should come along. Yeah. And, and she's then, late. Oh, yeah. Very late. <laughs> and episode two is them running to the concert hall, and Kosei goes in, and he's like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Because he walks in, and he just immediately gets, like, PTSD of everyone, like, because yeah. people recognize him whenever he walks in, and like, hey, it's Arima. It's... You know, it's like the human metronome, and he's just immediately freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, he, what is it? He won, like, every single competition he ever entered throughout his entire pianist career as a pianist. Like, he won everything, and he was unstoppable, and, you know, like, he was expected to have gone to Europe. Like, there are even rumors going around that he did go to Europe, and that's why he hasn't been showing up in, you know, uh, competitions for the past few years. Like, he is known, and not just, like, um, within the small circuit, like nationally known. Mm. And then, so while everyone's waiting on Cowdy's tone, Tsubaki's just chilling. Watadi just immediately falls asleep, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. And then Kosei is like, he is being a judgy asshole about like all of the performers leading up to Cowdy. Like he's mm-hmm. like, this person is off tempo. This person's doing this. This person's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, once Cowdy takes the stage, like, everything immediately stops. Like, you can tell, like, things are about to kick off. And yeah. it does. Like, Watadi immediately wakes up, and she starts playing the song, and she just immediately takes off, like, foot on the gas, never looks back, not playing the song the way it was written. Her accompanist is like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But it's so beautiful, and, like, the crowd is just 100% enthralled Mm -hmm. by all of it. Yeah. Like, listening to this does not do it justice at all. No, no. Like, go listen to to all of the pieces from this. Watch the show. But if you don't want to sit through 22 episodes, just go watch all the performance pieces. It Every song that is played makes you feel every bit of emotion that they want to try to get across to you. It is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for classical music <clears throat> in general, but I think they really, really did it justice here. Um, they show that you can listen to someone's entire message through one piece of music, and you can do that for any genre of music. And it's, like, known that like pop songs can make you feel stuff but like a lot of times or like rock songs or like you know like you know when you're 12 and listening to my chemical romance and like that is like you're feeling things you know um and uh a lot of people don't give that same credit to classical music in the modern world because classical music is for old fuddy-duddy type stuffy people um but as someone who used to play classical piano i know how Uh, impactful it can be to people and how um 
music of any genre can spread a message. Um, and in this piece, you are exposed to that by basically being hit around the head with a baseball bat version of it. Like it, it hits you and it hits you hard and it hits you fast. And it's not a, a sad thing. It's exciting and, um, and happy and thrilling and, uh, and also kind of sad. There are sad undertones to it, but like a, a, this piece sets you up to feel good. It's a feel good mm-hmm. piece. It does. And it's like, it's immediately there too to draw you in to the kind of stuff that you can look forward to in the show. Yes. Because the way that it animates the violin playing and especially the piano. Oh my God. I don't have words for how beautifully this show does the CGI. It's stunning. Like it it seamlessly goes between CGI and just regular animation to where a lot of shows that do it. They either go too heavy on the CGI or don't do enough to where it just looks wonky and out Agreed. of place. But this, it's it's seamless. It's beautiful. Like the way you see like everything glisten off of the just beautiful black piano. Like it is stunning. It's, 100%. It's I'm sorry. I'm gushing again. but <laughs> Gush away oh. because it's genuinely beautiful. Like yeah, the- it's... So good. It really is. Uh, the uh, The music doesn't overshadow the art style, and the art shadow does. The art style doesn't overshadow the music. They really do complement each other really, really well. And it's almost as though these artists, these these CGI guys, these animators, they were able to step inside Tchaikovsky's brain and was just like, "Hey, dude, like, let's collaborate on something." It's it's like they were always supposed to be together. Mm. But then, so you find out that Cowdy is disqualified for the way that she is playing because it's a competition. Yeah, not a (laughs) recital. So, but she ends up getting the audience favorites award. So that means she gets to move on. Yes. And then. And her accompanist quits because she like went crazy. Oh, yeah. Like accompanist is just like, "Mm, nah, yeet. Bye, fam. Yeah. yeah, we were supposed to play it the way it was written, and then you just go and do that. Um, and yeah, so she lost her accompanist. Yeah, because not only that, like, she didn't just, like, play it off a little bit. Like, it was, and I think it was perfectly described in the way that they did. Like, she drug Beethoven into a backyard brawl. Yes. Like, it was, it was nowhere like it was supposed to be, but my goodness, was it amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. And then you cut to Kosei and Watadi having a heart and heart in the music room and Tsubaki being like, hey, you stood up my friend again, so you Mm. better ditch practice and walk her home. Otherwise, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. So he does. Yeah. (laughs) And so Kosei walks home. He's walking home alone, but he runs into Cowdy, who's like, hey, I'm waiting for Watadi. Do you know where he went? And Kosei, being the good friend, following bro code to a T, he's like, look, fam, he's at practice. And you don't need to go watch him at practice because he's getting ready for the tournament. So you don't need to do that. So Cowdy's just like, okay, you're going to be his stand-in then. Yeah, friend A is now going to become his his, um, understudy, basically. Yep, it's like, you're going to be a stand-in, you're going to do all the things, and then episode ends there. Yes. <laughs> and so episode three, literally, I just have it opened with cafe scene. <laughs> Aw. Okay, yeah, this is happy and sad. And, aw. Yeah, like, this is where, like, you really get to see 
like just how much everything has affected Kosei through all of his time. Yeah, because, yeah, he, yeah, he has a full on flashback here. Oh yeah, so they go in like Cowdy orders a bunch of sweets and is super happy about it. Like the way again, like how Why? they switch to the little like chibi animations on oh, everything yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's adorable it's amazing yeah. i love it so much i'm gushing again anyway <clears throat> so while they're there there are a couple kids playing on a piano yes and Cowdy happy just piano oh yeah happy little piano but kose is just like a plant on it <laughs> yeah he's like what do you mean it's happy it's actually sad it's covered in dust there's a plant on it that's waiting to give it water damage like no that's not cool at all and she gets angry and goes over there to talk to the kids yeah and so she's just like i don't know how to play piano but this guy does <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, because one of the kids was going, oh, I learned how to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star um, uh, in piano class. And the other kid was like, oh, that's so cool. You're so cool. Um, and then she just goes, oh, uh, this guy plays piano. He can play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star with you. And he's just like coughs and splutters and dies all over the place. He's like, what? <laughs> he's what? like, I, I can't. I'm, I'm retired. And the kids are just like, what, mister? Come on, you need to play. And Cowdy's just like, no. Like, they don't want to hear your excuses. And does that like overly animated like medusa style animation of like do it do it do it do it yeah well because she said what was it it was like um uh, i just told them that you can play you're not going to embarrass me in front of these kids by basically saying that you you're not going to play when i just said that you were going to play <laughs> and so he goes over there and he starts to play which my actual cry counter is off i did not write this down because i don't i don't understand why i don't understand why this broke me but like the way the show uses Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, like just hearing Cowdy sing along with it, like it, I dropped a tear. Like I didn't full on cry like I did on a lot of other things, but it dropped a tear. So technically my count is at 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I also uh, put my second cry here. My first cry was just the opening scene of the first episode because this is the second time I've watched it and I wasn't prepared for watching it again emotionally. And I started watching it and I was just like, I'm feeling all of the things from last time that I blocked out from last time that I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to pay attention to those anymore. And now I'm feeling them again <laughs> and I have to deal with them. Yeah, like um, It's so, yeah. crazy just how an OP could just like immediately just break you. Like it's completely, wild to completely. think a piece of music can just do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what happens here is that uh, she starts playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and he's just like got his foot on the pedal and is just playing um, the upper part, um, partnering her. Um, and then as she's playing, he just suddenly kind of steps up a notch and starts playing um, the the more upgraded version. Um, and he's only playing with the one hand. Um, but then uh, as he starts playing, everyone around the cafe is like smiling and they're all happy. And then flashback. Yeah, flashback, and, like, he just, like, hits a dead note, and everybody just immediately looks over, he's like, money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he just, just freezes, um, and it's so sad, it's just, like, this is when you can really tell that he is suffering from PTSD, like, something intense um, from his childhood trauma, this is something that even at the end of the anime, after all of this time, like after everything that happens throughout the anime, you can tell that this is something that he is going to live with for forever. Um, despite the fact that he does kind of make good positive steps throughout the anime um, to towards his mental health, like he's not going to get over his childhood trauma that easily. Mm. 
I genuinely think they do a really good job of that, though, because uh, I always complain about this so many times of like, uh, yeah, the uh, main character of an anime goes through something intense, uh, feels it for five minutes and gets over it. Um, <coughs> sort out online. <coughs> right? Yeah. Um, uh, and this is one of those animes that even at the end, when um, you do see like the progression, um, you just feel like bittersweet, you know? Mm-hmm. And so following that, they leave the cafe and Cowdy's like, hey, I want you to be my accompanist since, you know, my last one kind of dumped me. Yes. And Kosei's just like, mm, nah, fam, I can't hear the notes, so I don't want to do that. And so yeah. literally for days, Cowdy and Tsubaki, like, just plan and scheme a way to get him to finally play with her. Like, they blast the song that Cowdy chose through the PA system all through school. Everybody's like the fuck is this classical music again and again and again and again and again yeah also i think outside the cafe that was the first introduction of the black cat i don't think much was mentioned about it but it does become a recurring image throughout the anime yeah like the black cat just it's really weird the role that it plays because it Mm -hmm. is just a cat but in kosei's mind like it's a reminder of his past but also it's Weird because it's like the angel and devil on a shoulder conscience yeah. type thing at some points yeah. as well. It's odd, but at this point you just get introduced to the cat because Cowdy's like, ooh, kitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you learn more about it in episode seven, I believe. Something like that. I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. take notes about the black cat part because that was another one of those things where it's just like, I really have to pick and choose what to talk yeah. about here so this episode yeah, doesn't is. go four hours long. <laughs> yeah, there is so much to talk about. And so the episode ends with uh, Kosei chilling on the roof, just eating lunch, and Cowdy bursts roof? up there. Don't get don't don't start this with me on how I pronounce things. <laughs> just because I pronounce roof like roof and room like room, <laughs> it's not wrong. Okay, it's just different. <laughs> Uh, my feelings are hurt. I feel called out. I feel self-conscious. <laughs> hey, okay. I'm, I get called out every single day for my accent. So suck it up, sunshine. <laughs> but yeah, so he's eating lunch on the roof and Cowdy goes up there. He's like, first off, the hell are you doing eating lunch on the roof? That's a cliche. <laughs> Which the way this show like has those little subtle fourth wall breaking moments or anytime it happens in anime, it tickles me. Like I love whenever you just have those little like self-aware moments. Oh yeah. Yeah. For as serious as this anime is, it, it's quite self-aware. Mm-hmm. And then, so, and this is like, this has one of my favorite scenes of anime or any sort of media period in it. Because, like, she begs him, like, crying on the rooftop to join her. Just because she wants the, like, she wants her music to reach people. And, like, there's a moment of, like, the entire time. Like, anytime you see, like, Kosei think about music, like, he's always cast in shadow. So whenever he finally agrees, he steps out of the shadow and into the actual sunlight. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And that, to me... Like, that was powerful. It's not something you notice the first time you watch through the show. Mm-hmm. But this was, I think, my six and technically six and a half times I've watched through the show because I don't know how to take notes properly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's something that I noticed and I was like, damn, 
Like that is like that's powerful in its own it right. Is. Yeah, I actually did notice that as well. Um, and there is also a moment here that is replayed throughout the anime. It's one of those moments that is reflected back on. Um, and it is when she um, basically... Uh, it's foreshadowing for what is to come, but she basically just says, um, I need help because I'm about to break or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't understand when you first watch it Um the full extent of those words. You think, oh, she's just scared to go up on stage or da 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 uh, But you don't understand the full extent of those words. And then watching it a second time or, um, like, if you happen to know the ending or you read the manga or whatever, watching that moment um, is incredibly powerful because there is so much more depth to those words that only she and you know at that time because nobody else knows about it. Mm. And so, and then following that, you... Q, Subaki, and Wantadi just barging onto the roof and kick the shit out of them because they're like, hey, what are you doing up here? We got a competition to go to. And the episode ends on a bike ride to the competition. Kosei's freaking out, but Kaori's like, yeah, we're going to wing it. Yata! Yeah, yeah is like, Kaori is um, just, just, yay, everything's fine. We've got like three seconds to be up on stage, but yay! And then episode four doesn't immediately open with the bike ride. No, it does a flashback of everybody ridiculing Kosei for being perfect with his playing. And like you can tell, like this is just weighing on his mind the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so it cuts back to the present. Kosei and Cowdy go backstage. And the entire time, Cowdy's like trying to go over everything with him. But Kosei is just like running the piece in his mind, like playing the keys out with his fingers over the piece, trying to get it. And <laughs> this is probably like, this is another one of my favorite scenes from the show, but she like grabs him by the tie and headbutts him. <laughs> and then there's like all these heads <laughs> popping out of doors. And I'm like, what was that noise? <laughs> yeah. Like literally every door opens and heads peek out <laughs> and like you to see County holding her head, but Kosei is laid out. On the bench, smoke coming from his head. Like, dude is not okay. (laughs) It's very funny. But then, like, it has one of the, like, to me, one of the most powerful, like, points in the show, Mm -hmm. again, to where she's just like, shut up and look at me. Yeah. And, like, that immediately snaps Kosei out of whatever he's feeling. And he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. And so they do. They go out, it's their turn, they go out to play, everybody notices it's Cowdy, they they get all excited, but then they notice it's Kosei, and they're like, wait, what is he doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he here, and why is he being an accompanist, of all things? Yeah, didn't he retire, didn't he disappear, isn't he in Europe, like all of those kinds of rumors about And then they're... And then, like, some of the people, like, remember his breakdown as well. Like, the judges remember who he is because they were there whenever he had a breakdown. So, they're like, huh, I wonder, like, how he's actually going to play because you have the human metronome versus the free spirit. Yeah. So, it's, like, nobody knows what's going to happen. And they start off, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And then Kosei loses his notes because it's, like explicitly told throughout the entire thing like he cannot hear like once he focuses on it like he loses the ability to hear his own playing yes he can hear the sound of the hammer strike the uh, string of the piano he can hear the sound of the the key hit the bass but he 
he can't hear the actual sound of the piano. Um, and they did some really good imagery later on where they uh, showed it as being like in a swimming pool. And so like all the sound is kind of muffled, you know, when you like dive underwater and you can kind of hear, but you can't hear. Um, they describe it like that. Yeah. Like he even describes it himself as if he's drowning, like yes. he's at the bottom of the ocean and there's no way out. Yeah. <clears throat> and so like he, like he literally just stops playing because he's like, no, I'm not going to drag her down. Like he has his, like, he just has a mental breakdown of no, mm-hmm. I can't do this. Yeah. And so everybody's like, well, I mean, at least he stopped. So he's not dragging her down yeah. anymore because once he lost the ability to hear, like he was just off the entire time. Yeah. He was speeding through it, couldn't keep up. And so then she stops and everybody's like, what? What's happening? I don't understand. Then they just kind of have their own little moment of acknowledgement. And Cowdy's just like, want to go again? And they do. And Kosei finally starts to play the way that Cowdy wants him to. Yeah. Like doesn't focus on the notes because he can't hear them at this point. So he literally just plays along with her. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's great. Like the way they play it, this go around and the imagery and everything. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because up until this point, she had just been telling him like, you don't need to hear the notes or you need to do like you have the technique to rely on the technique. All you need to do is just feel. And what are you picturing? What is your imagery? Um, and he doesn't ever really have a, a good response to that. And so <clears throat> they get through the song the audience is absolutely stunned. Like mm-hmm. once they're done, like they sit there for, it feels like ages. And if I were in their situation, like that would probably feel like a lifetime Yeah. of uh, what's going on. Yeah. And then like crowd goes nuts. Yeah. They're like, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen encore. And yeah. the head judge is losing his mind. He's like, what is this shit? This is a disgrace. Like, what the hell is going on? Oh, yeah. He's a he's a stickler for things being written exactly as they are. Like, he would have freaking loved the old Kosei, but does not enjoy free spirits or changing. But then I also understand that because it is a music competition. Um, so you are there to perform the score as the score was written. Um, and they definitely didn't. It was their own interpretation. Oh, yeah. And then... Cowdy collapses. Yeah. And the episode ends there. And I, so whenever I started this last year, because again, I watch this every year in April, like it's a yearly tradition for me. So I showed it to a part-timer at work and like, (laughs) I'm a jerk whenever it comes to showing my part-timers anime. Like I will only show them things that I've watched and things that I think they'll enjoy. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I ended it with this episode. I did not let them watch any more with me. I made them go seek it out on their own. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's like, this is the first moment where you kind of get a little bit of an insight of something is wrong. Yeah. Like you don't understand what, but like things aren't good. Yeah. Episode five starts with another flashback. This show has a thing to where it just likes to start episodes on flashbacks. But it makes sense because typically, like, the flashbacks that they show make sense throughout the rest of the episode. Like, it does it to set it up an overall theme of either what's going to happen in the episode or how the episode is going to end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anything that is shown in the anime is redundant or unnecessary. 
Yeah, like everything, like I I realize I'm saying that a lot throughout this episode, but <laughs> everything truly does have a purpose. Like nothing yeah. is wasted. All 22 minutes means something throughout yeah. the show. And so this flashback, Kosei, Watadi, and Tsubaki are all chilling on a bridge and uh, Tsubaki and Watadi are jumping off. And they're like, hey, Kosei, you need to as well. But he's like, mm, no, I'm scared. My mom will get mad at me. <laughs> And Tsubaki yeah. literally backdrops this dude off <laughs> the bridge. Like, she hoists him up on his shoulder. And they're kids at this point. Like, this isn't, like, 12-year-old them. I think they're, like, 7, 8, something like that. So, they're kids. Yeah. And yeah. she straight up throws Kosei on her shoulders, jumps up onto the bridge rail, and backdrops this dude off yeah. of it. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, no, he's dead. But then he comes up and he just starts laughing and it's adorable and it's great. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about that. I was like, uh, they call it the Bridge of Courage and it actually becomes kind of an important bridge throughout the anime. I don't, this is where, again, it's like all those things about foreshadowing and how nothing is unnecessary and nothing is redundant or anything. Because it's like, oh, that seems like it's just a cute little scene of some friends jumping off of a bridge when they're like children. But it's like, okay, yeah, but the, you're going to cry about this later. Yeah, like th <laughs> this will come back to haunt you at some point. It might be this yeah. episode. It might not. We'll see. Flashback to present and another anime trope. Uh, friends walking in on a girl who has her shirt off and everybody freaks out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's getting a sponge bath in the hospital bed, um, and uh, it's it's amusing because uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they get the shit beaten out of them. Oh yeah, because Subaki just turns around. And she's like, "You guys are perverts!" and just she's punches forget what you them. saw. <laughs> Even though it's not their fault, they all walked in. Yeah, yeah, and the nurse is just like, "Didn't can't you knock? Like, what's wrong with you?" <laughs> and then Cowdy just starts giving Kosei just a ton of shit of like hey like this is your fault yeah <laughs> and it, it's all joking it's all playful but like it's still just giving him shit and mm -hmm. it's great yeah and then this is where also they inquire some more about her health um she says that her parents are just over dramatic and she's just in for tests that she's always been a little bit anemic and the stress of running around after him um to try and make him be her accompanist um, for the past like a couple of weeks, uh, just obviously meant that she didn't take as much care of herself as she need needed to, um, and so she just collapsed for that. And they're just running tests, and her parents are dramatic. Mm -hmm. And so, like everybody goes to leave, and Kosei kind of hangs behind because she's like asking Kosei if he's been playing or anything like that. And this is the first time. And again, cue another cry point. Like this is the first time Cowdy asks him if he thinks he can just forget. And, like, that question is brought up multiple times throughout the show. And every time it just, oh, it hits hard. Yeah. Especially knowing, like, how the show ends. Like, the first time I watched it through, like, yeah, like, it still kind of hits home. But, like, every time since then, every time I've watched it back, I'm just like, I, my heart can't handle this question. Yeah, when you know how it ends then watching it again changes everything. Like, you can watch this through and almost experience it as two different animes from the first time you watch it and the second time you watch it. Mm, because knowing how it all ends and just seeing, like, every bit of foreshadowing that's in the show that you never noticed before, like, it's, to me, like, 
the first time I watched it through, I cried at two points. I cried the first time that you truly see Saki. Yeah. During the Love Sorrow episode. And then I cried during episode 22 during the letter because that letter. I I don't even know if I can talk about the letter whenever we get to the end of this episode. But anyway, but watching it through the second time, I cried so much more. Like everything just hits so damn hard. Yeah. And differently. It hits differently. The first time I watch it, I think I probably, uh, I think I probably cried harder the first time I watched it than I cried this time. But um, that was because it was shocking, you know? Mm. Um, whereas this time it was just more of like a emotional, just exasperation, just feeling drained throughout the entire thing. And not like it's a bad thing. It's just feeling so emotionally just exhausted, just like, like, you know, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I subjecting myself to this? And then you get a musical piece with the beautiful art and you're like, okay, that's why I'm subjecting myself to this literal torture. Because it is, it's emotional torture. It's like, uh, I don't know. It, but it, it genuinely, the rewatchability of this anime is probably one of the best rewatchabilities, uh, rewatchable animes because of the fact that it genuinely is like two different animes the first and second time you watch it. You basically hit the nail on the head on it being rewatchable and just everything like... It's, it truly is just a different yeah. anime the whole time through. And even though this, like I said, it was my sixth time watching it through, like I still notice yeah. new things. And the, and you're right too. Like the reasons you cry during the second time yeah. are different than the first. Like for me, like I truly do love this anime and it truly is my favorite anime yeah. of all time. And it's what got me back into it. So it's like I cry. <laughs> because I love it and I'm emotionally attached to everything that takes place. So it's not like I'm crying out of sadness anymore. It's just like I f- truly feel everything. And mm. oh, it's so good. Yeah, genuinely. But okay. So now that that <laughs> rabbit hole has been, <laughs> has been explored, after this, Kosei keeps refusing to go visit Cowdy yeah. in the hospital. He doesn't want to be a third wheel. And. He doesn't want to be a third wheel and also like he's afraid yes. because he like he's literally seeing Saki all over again from whenever he would go see her yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. And but also you see Cowdy like reflecting on the performance in the hospital as well. Like it kind of cuts yeah. back and forth as well. And you also see Subaki kind of struggling yes. because she's got Kosei and Cowdy on her mind and she kind of sees like throughout the show like it is blatantly obvious Subaki loves Kosei like she is 100% in love with him but like she doesn't realize it everybody but Kosei and Subaki realize it and so but yeah you like you kind of see cuts of her during all this as well like struggling with it yeah and and making up excuses as to why she's feeling that way and not just to other people genuinely to herself like she does not want to believe that she feels that way and she doesn't actually understand that she does mm-hmm. and then Q Subaki and Kashiwagi if I'm not mistaken I literally just have it written here as friend because I could not remember either of their names <laughs> at this point but Tsubaki and Kashiwagi run into a sophomore baseball dude who just graduated their middle school and went to high school and literally my note says Q Kashiwagi and friend running into freshman baseball guy whose name I refuse to remember. Yeah, it's it's Saito. Saito. (laughs) And yeah, it is uh, Kashiwagi. 
And then baseball guy asks out Tsubaki and she says, yes. However, like she's like, she literally is troubled by all of this. And she mentions that in the previous year, because he's actually a freshman high school student um, and they're in their graduating year of middle school. um, Mm. And she mentions during this time that if he had asked her out, um, before he graduated, she would have been ecstatic about it. But something about the break um, of time, because like it's it's pretty early on in the school year, like they're, they're not like um, uh, too far into it. So it hasn't been that long between when he graduated and, and now. Um, but she's like, that time that we were separated for, you faded into the distance and I should be ecstatic about this. Like if it had been last time, uh, I would have been completely ecstatic, but I'm just not. And I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I should be feeling this way. What's going on? And I think, too, if this had taken place like a week before, the same thing would have happened. But during Agreed. the performance, like Subaki was, <clears throat> Subaki was watching Kosei and Cowdy play. And there is a moment where Cowdy and Kosei locked eyes during the performance once they had started playing together again. And like yeah. you at that point, you could tell like Kosei is falling for Cowdy. And Tsubaki kind of notices this. And then it's like jealousy almost in a sense. Like you see that. And I think that's whenever like the feelings of jealousy kind of take over in a sense. Yeah, that and throughout this entire time, she has been wanting Kosei to get back into playing the piano. And she's been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. And he wouldn't ever listen to her. And then this random girl comes into their lives and just says, hey, you should play a piano. And he does. Um, and, uh, and that must be horrible, uh, but also then seeing him play the piano, the complete elation of like, oh, he's back, you know, he's playing the piano again and then seeing it go wrong and then seeing it go right. And then seeing that it's going right with somebody else. Like she must just be feeling everything all at once right now. And, and I mean, she's been his next door neighbor their entire lives. She has known him like it, the, the flashbacks are always to them as children. Like she has known him since day one and she's always been trying to you know get him out there and exploring new ideas and playing with her and all this kind of stuff and it's always been about piano it's always been about music for him um and uh, and she's never been in that world because she isn't a musician she's she's not in that world she's a, a jock as they call themselves yeah like she's and it's funny because later on in the show they like do flashbacks of everybody calling her a gorilla <laughs> yeah <laughs> She makes him a perfectly smooth spherical mud ball. <laughs> Cause she's like, oh, he's gonna love this. Like I've made it. It's so shiny. And it's it's adorable, but at the same time, they're just like, who would do this? Yeah. <laughs> but uh Yeah, it's she's great. definitely a tomboy. Oh yeah, for sure, but it's it's adorable. And so the show kind of ends, or not the show, but the episode ends on uh, Kosei running into Cowdy on the bridge on his way home. He has no clue she's out of the hospital. And in fact, he's kind of been going over in his mind, like if he should take her a gift. And yeah. But he just magically runs into her on the bridge and she demands a gift from him. He's like, I, 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 don't, I don't have one. <laughs> and so she like 
pitches a fit over all of it. And the two little girls who are playing hopscotch on the bridge are like, how could you? Yeah, like, how could you not get her a gift? And, like, immediately side with Cowdy, and she's she's fake crying over it. He's like, fine, fine, I'll give you whatever you want. Just just calm down. And she's like, <laughs> and she's whatever, like, <laughs> whatever you, whatever I want, are you sure? And he's like, yes, whatever, whatever. And she's like, perfect, thank you. <laughs> and she's like, I want you to join a piano competition. And yes. he's like, but anything but that. <laughs> Yeah. And then she jumps off the bridge, like just yeah. yeets herself over the edge. And Kosei is like, what? It's like, I, it's, and then he yeets himself over the bridge, too. And then he drowns for like a few seconds, but then he doesn't drown. Uh, and then he loses his glasses. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, Cowdy's just like, yeah. where'd your glasses go? And he's like, oh, no, an episode ends there, and it's great. It's very cute. It's a great point to, <laughs> it's a great point to run off on. And then episode six starts off with a flashback of Kosei just crying, losing his mind, and being carried home by Subaki whenever they were kids. And oh. he's crying because he's like, oh, I've heard, I rode down the hill, and Subaki has a hurt ankle. So she's obviously the one who's worse for wear. Like, Kosei just kind of has a few bumps and bruises. Yeah, but, scraped me. Yeah, and yet she's, like... Her ankle is, like, the size of a baseball. It's, like, <laughs> it's freaking a, huge. She's just like, I don't know why I'm carrying you. I'm the one who's hurt. Yeah. But uh, it's adorable. And then fast forward, and it's immediately where the last episode ends off. Like, Kosei brings Cowdy to his house so they can dry off because they jumped in the river. They're soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> and so they dry off. Cowdy discovers Kosei's piano room and, like, loses her mind over how Kosei left that room. It's dirty. The piano is covered in dust, covered in old scores. And she's just like, I'm sorry that you got in this situation talking to the piano. Like, not even... (laughs) Like, not even worried about Kosei or anything like that. Like, obviously, like, you can tell by the state that this room in, like, Kosei has not touched that piano in years. Yeah. But she's apologizing to the piano, like, oh, I'm so sorry that you're stuck in this mess. Yeah. And so, Cowdy opens the window to let the room air out, and Tsubaki's bedroom is literally right across from the piano room. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> So she sees it and yeets the chair that she's sitting in at Kosei's head. <laughs> yeah, because Kiskuri is is like dripping wet wearing his clothing, like looking like they just got up to some interesting stuff. <laughs> so yeah, obviously wrong impressions, and yet it's great. It all it all works. They go to school the next day, and Cowdy just tells Kosei, hey, I'm sitting on all your paperwork for the competition, and chucks him his wallet. And he's like, how the fuck did you get my wallet? (laughs) And so Kosei starts absolutely practicing his ass off, Mm -hmm. and they... Like, you see moments of Cowdy and Kosei, like, playing in the music room. Like, she's kind of like, you need to play it this way. And, like, they bicker about it the whole time. Like, it's just that typical trope of want, 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 bickering. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, we need to go take a break because we need to go watch uh, Supaki play in a regional tournament. Yes. They, they go to the tournament, but first you get a flashback of... 
Tsubaki going on a date with baseball dude and then cut back to present and like Tsubaki's up to bat. Like it's game winning situation here. Like she can win the game for a team because they're down by one. Yeah. And she and she's sees, the star batter. Like she's Yeah, like this shit goes ham. Like yeah. constantly breaks the window to the music room. Like I don't remember a point in this anime where that window isn't broken other than in the first yeah. episode right before that softball smashes through it. Yeah. Like, at the end, they literally have a piece of cardboard taped over the window. Like, that's how the show ends. Yeah. But she sees Kosei and Cowdy together, and she chokes. Like, chokes hard. Yeah. The episode ends with Tsubaki walking home, and Kosei walks up to her and kicks her straight in the ankle. Yeah. Because he can tell that she's hurt, but she's, like, totally playing it off. And she just immediately starts crying. So he carries her home at the end of this and one. And the like, flashback yeah. at the start all comes full circle. Yeah, it's a cute reversal. Um, and she obviously then starts crying. And it's really sad because she was like, we tried so hard and we lost. And ah, and she has a... It kind of... It, it definitely expands her character a lot more in this episode. You get to see other sides of her. You get to get to know her better. Um, and uh, it... Yeah, it's a very good episode for getting to know who she is. And especially as somebody who has played like team sports before, I looked at this episode and it kind of really resonated with me. The feelings that she had of like, she is the reason that her team lost. Because for those who are familiar with baseball slash softball, whatever, the rules are basically the same. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, like her coach told her to stay at third because she like she was about to get an inside the park home run. But the coach was like, no, nah, you need to stay at third. But she's like, nope, yeet, I'm going home. <laughs> and just doesn't pay attention. And so that ends up costing her team the win. And like she just loses it over that. She's like, I cost my team in our last year the championship. And so she loses it. And then the episode ends with you get to meet Kosei's two piano rivals for the first time. Yeah. And the next episode starts with... Watadi losing the game for his team as yeah, well. Like, same kind of thing. Tries. Yeah, like same situation. Like he dribbles the ball, which this is football slash soccer for everyone. Yeah. So yeah, it's in, still dribbling. Yeah, they're in injury time of like the 93rd minute or something. And he's dribbling and he's sent forward, goes to strike the ball, misses the goal. It's sad. <laughs> We've all been there. Every football fan oh, has yeah. been there. <laughs> <laughs> And so with this, though, like he's like he's obviously trying to like cheer his teammates up. He's like, hey, man, we'll get it next year and all that other kind of stuff. But then like because he's the team captain, like he's a leader. So he's trying to save face for everyone. And then yeah. it cuts to him in the locker room after the fact. And he's like he's pissed and he's crying over costing the his team the game as well. And you get to see like him grow as a character, too, because before this, all you see is. The funny sleazebag out of the group, other than his couple little heart-to-heart -heart moments with Kosei. Yeah. And so you like you get to see his character develop as well. And I I yeah. feel like Watani's the only one in the show who didn't really like truly get character development outside of this and his couple little heart-to-heart -heart moments. Like he never got a true episode to himself, kind of like Subaki and everybody else did. Yeah, yeah. Watari is kind of uh is that character that you you kind of want, like, I wouldn't mind there being a sports anime on him, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, 
because I, I want more. Like he sound he's he's such an intriguing character, and you only get like just the tiniest little taste of who he is as a person, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> you know, I want to know more about you. Who are you? What is your story? Because he is this, you know, um, scholarship. Uh, football player he is his dreams are to basically turn into Messi and go to Europe and play for England I don't know why he wanted to play in England in the Premier League but yeah that's what he wanted um but um and uh uh yeah he wanted to to go and and do all this kind of stuff and he was like oh yeah my smooth sailing career and everything and um and he's still in middle school and I'm like I didn't know that they did sports scholarships for middle middle school students but apparently they do and it's like okay so who is he? You know, what's his story? Mm-hmm. But like he like he truly is like a supporting character in this. Yeah. And like because he's always there whenever Kose needs him or somebody needs him. Like he yeah. like is the embodiment of a supporting character. And it's awesome. And I but I truly think like he deserves like his own time. Like he deserves his own OVA episode or something. Like give us more. Give us yeah. more quantity, damn it. <laughs> yeah, give us a football anime on him. Please. I but, wanna know who he is in high school. Oh yeah. But after the fact, like you get another heart to heart moment with him and Kosei walking home that night. And he, you know, uses the moment as an opportunity to push Kosei forward. He's like, well, it's your turn now. Like, you got to be the one to lead us on. Yeah, it wasn't my year. So it's got to be yours. And so the episode kind of continues with Kosei just continuing to practice his ass off. And he also continues to struggle through like what he's feeling with his music and everything else and this is the first time you see the like inner monologue that he has with the black cat because mm. the black cat comes to him the day of the competition he's like so are you ready which it's after that like he and Cowdy kind of have another moment of running into the cat and he tells Cowdy like hey i used to have a pet yeah. kitten until Chelsea. mom took him away yeah Day of the competition arrives. Kosei is like fully in person reunited with Emmy and Takashi. Yes. And they freak out because Kosei does not remember who they are. Yeah. Um, one thing I would I did want to say about Chelsea the cat is that um, uh, the reason why he was so traumatized over it and one of the integral points about the the like the cat thing um, is that his mother actually abandoned the cat because it scratched his hand. Um, and he didn't do anything about it. He, he didn't like ask her to keep it or whatever. He just let her do it. And that's kind of when you get to see how kind of under his, his mother's thumb that he was as a kid, because he was, he just quietly accepted it. Um, as opposed to like the the vast majority of other kids who, if their parent just tried to take away their pet, they would be like, what the heck are you doing? Scream, cry, sad. But because he had obviously experienced so much up until that point, he just accepted it as that's the way that it is. And then you also see him experiencing the guilt of um, letting her take away the cat. And then that's kind of why um, the imagery stays of the cat throughout is because of how uh, much emotion is pointed towards that moment in his life where his mum took the cat away from him because it kind of symbolises his mum taking away his freedom, taking away his um, choice um, and forcing him into the direction that he ended up going in with her. And I think it's really good symbolism. So anyway, just wanted to talk about that. And so competition time, and this is the first time that you get to see one of his rivals play. Yes. And mm, Takashi is phenomenal. Like, 
dude was supposed to go over to Germany and play overseas, like go to Europe, but he turned it down because he's like, no, like I got to compete against Kose and I got to win because he's my rival. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to compete in the Chopin competition and and chose not to and like specifically so that he could enter this competition that he had already won. Mm -hmm. Because this is like Japan's biggest competition. Yeah. Every year. And he won it the last year. So his music teacher was like, why would you do this? But he's like, no, I got to do it. I got to compete against Kosei and I got to win. Yeah. And so he takes the stage and damn. Yeah. Like, he plays his heart out. And it's great. Like the performance was awesome. Like he got a standing ovation after. But it's the next performance. To where, like, you truly get to see imagery in yes. how playing is done. And yeah. so you get a little backstory on Emmy. You see that Kose is the reason that she even got into playing piano in the first place. Yes. Because you see, like, the flashback of Kose's first ever piano recital. Yes. And she's like, oh, this little boy is playing and I see sunflowers and it moved her to the point to where she just started crying. Yeah. And like, you could tell it kind of freaked Cozy out a little bit because he's like, oh, why is she crying? But obviously yeah. like, it was just tears of happiness. She's like, I didn't know that I could feel this way. Yeah. So you get to see her performance and I kind of don't have words for it just because it, just the way it uses color to like describe her passion and emotion for everything and the way the audience feels it. Like they feel mm-hmm. every emotion that she yeah. has throughout all of this. And it's, it's just wonderful. Like, again, like go watch these performances. They are so good. Definitely. Definitely. It's actually a uh, very interesting because throughout the anime, you don't quite know whether or not Emmy is in love with him um, or in love with the idea of him, I guess, because she's never actually like interacted with him much. Um, but this is kind of where you first start to see that even if she isn't like in love with him, she is in love with the feeling that he gave her and she's in love with his music. Um, and, uh, and yeah, she gets teased about it. Um, okay, because Takashi teases her yeah, about it. About, about, she's like, oh, you like him? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Takashi also feels those same things as well. Um, you start to see. Um, you see in, in like clips of him as well. And, and like Emmy actually talks about it that um Takashi is the way that he is and is as good as he is because of Kose. But the Kose that Takashi is, you know, like not necessarily in love with, but like Admiring of. Like yeah, like admiring of is the human metronome version of Kose. Like yes. he like, he looks at Kosei as a superhero. Like, he is yeah. unbeatable. He cannot be stopped. Yeah. Like, he is the end-all, be-all. Well, Takashi of- didn't, didn't actually see Kosei's first performance, which was the only mm. performance as a five-year-old that he ever played with his own self-expression, because from then on, his mother started to get him to play the score and play exactly the way that it was written and win competition after competition um, Mm. and become the human metronome. So Takashi didn't actually ever hear him play that way, but Emmy did because she was in the audience. Lost my train of thought of where I actually was. But either way, we're on episode nine. So, But I feel like there's something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I totally ship Emmy and Kosei. I'm not going to lie. I ship it. Yeah. 
because uh, because we'll we'll get into other reasons later. But I mean, at this point, she understands. Yeah, like him. at this point, like I 100% ship it. Like we'll get into what happens in the rest of the show later. But I ship it. Like I'm totally 100% behind it. Like it's great. And she truly gets him. Like it's awesome. I actually think that um, Tsubaki and Takashi would, uh, Takashi would also make a good couple because they're both as wild as each other in their respected way in their respective ways. Yeah, like I could agree with that as well. Like the little like side setup of characters and whatnot is really great because like it's definitely puzzle pieces that could be pieced together but it's never gonna happen (laughs) but yeah Wathari's just gonna have to find somebody though because he's a player oh yeah like even even at the end dude doesn't settle down (laughs) but like this is why I think that he needs his own thing because I want to see him in a sports anime where he gets his heart broken by somebody else and then that makes him like less of a player because he gets to be on the other side of things. Yeah, that is true. But I also think, you know, like, uh, like I realized they did it in the last episode to give it some sort of like, you know, comical relief and whatnot. But you would think what happens should have been enough to like kind of calm him down on that. But well, no, he literally just goes straight back to being Watadi. Well, kind of. Kind of he does. But he also had the picture of the two of them on his phone home screen. Mm. So you can see like it kind of affected him, but it at the same time still goes him. right back to being a player. <laughs> but this is why he needs his own anime. Anyways. Exactly. 100% agree. But yeah, so Emmy's song is done. She again, like, like talk, she gets a standing ovation, but for hers, yeah. like the crowd is 100% moved by her playing. Yes. And like, you could just tell, cause the whole time she just like, let it ring, like, let it reach Kose, like, let him see what I'm actually feeling. Like, don't you dare bring the human metronome out on the stage, bring the you that I love. And that is the reason to why I want to play because I want to be able to beat that Kose. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's also mentioned throughout it that she actually hasn't been doing rec- uh, very well recently in competitions. Um, uh, Takashi has been like smashing everything out, winning everything, but she hasn't um, because she is very particular about the way that she plays. Um, so like some little thing, one tiny little thing can completely throw off her performance, like a neighbor humming a song strangely or uh, what she has for breakfast that morning or whatever. Um, and there's actually a really good moment in it where she's playing the piano and she's making up all of these excuses as to why she's playing well. Like, oh, my, I got a new dress and it fits me well. My hair, I'm having a good hair day, like all these kinds of things. And then she just goes, no, who am I kidding? I'm not playing this well because of those things. I'm playing this well because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just a really well done moment. It is. After she finishes her song during the intermission, like you get your second real inkling like something might be wrong with Cowdy because she goes to the bathroom and you see her just take a load of pills. And even the people in like even the other women that are in the bathroom, like, is she okay? Because that was a lot. And then yeah. it's kind of not mentioned again from that. Like she just goes right back to sitting. And so it also cuts to Emmy and Takashi in the audience because they're done. They've changed. They've just went to go out and sit with their piano teachers. Yeah. And you just see them kind of losing their mind over Kose, like playing such an easy song, which yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't care how much I trained. I probably couldn't play this shit. But then <laughs> we're like, ah, oh, it's such an easy song. It's such an easy song. It's just a classical piece. Like, no big deal. And let's see if I remember this because I don't have it in my notes, but it's mm. Chopin's Etude, Opus 25, Number 5. And Cowdy chose it off a pencil. <laughs> Sounds about right. Aha, I remember. <laughs> I did not write that down. 
Yeah, so he walks out on stage and he immediately starts to freak out. Like the black cat comes back into his mind. Once he sits down, like he immediately gets like his like the ghost of his mom in his ear. She's yeah. like, "No, this is all your fault." And just loses it. At that point, you get a flashback of him going to the hospital to show his mom his first place certificate. And she's like, you know, no matter what the doctors do, none of that, like, none of that's going to make me feel better. What's going to make me feel better is you keep on winning. Yeah. And so a lot of that is, again, like how, like, she kind of used that to control Kosei as a kid. She's yeah. like, no, like, you playing and winning is what's going to make me feel better. So yes. no playing with your friends. Just practice, be perfect, and I'm going to feel better. And so, like, the entire time, she is basically over his shoulder. So, you see him just unravel over all of it. Yeah. And he stops playing. Yeah. You get more flashbacks of, like, the performance right before Kosei snapped. Like, the final time that he sees his mom. And she... Like, because Kosei was so excited that she was finally going to be able to get out of the hospital and go see him play. Again, like, it continues to animate, like, every time you see Saki. Yeah. You don't see her face. Like, it is 100% blanked out. It's covered by that stereotypical anime shadow type thing over the eyes. um, Nasal breathing tube, but that's about it. Mm. And so, like,. So Kosei plays his heart out in this flashback and he goes up to his mom and he's like, are you proud of me? Like I did all of this stuff and she, my God, like she just beats him like with her cane just across the face, like cracks his glasses, makes him bleed. Yeah. And he just chucks the score at her and he's just like, I, I wish you were dead. Yeah. And, and she's very, very, very sick at this point. You can visually see she's in a wheelchair. She is, she hits him over the head with the, her cane. Yeah, she is very thin, very grey-toned. Um, like, mm. even her hair and her clothing, everything about her is dulled down, muted, grey-toned, whereas the rest of the world is quite colourful. Mm. And so, and it's after that, like, Kosei in his own little inner monologue is just like, that's the last thing I ever said to my mom. Yeah. And so, like, he even says, like, this is my punishment. Like, that's why I can't hear the notes. Yeah. And that ends that episode. So, uh, episode 10 starts and you still see Kosei sitting at the piano just struggling. Like, but at this point he is fighting. Like, he is doing everything he can to hear the notes, but he just can't. And so he starts to slow down his playing and everybody in the audience just like, what? Is he going to quit? Like, what's going on? Like, what is happening? Yeah. And then he stops again. But the entire time, like, he's just, like, he's struggling with himself with flashbacks and everything. And then, like, the thoughts of Cowdy and everybody just starts, like, creeping into his mind again. And then you just hear Cowdy kind of say, again. Yeah. He just starts playing again. And, but this time... Like, again, the imagery of everything that is seeing, like his time with Cowdy, all the time they spent practicing together and everything. Like, the images, like, is just projected onto everybody. And yeah. 
like literally my notes on this part in all capital letters is just fuck my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> because like even the crowd is tearing up. They're like, what is happening? Yeah. And the final image of him playing is just like him on stage with that just beautiful black piano. But the background, instead of it being the back wall of the stage with the curtains and everything, it's just a beautiful, vibrant cherry blossom. And it, and the crowd is just like, we smell like we can smell the chalkboard and like feel the breeze and see the cherry blossom. And it's yeah. just, it's literally just so powerful. Yeah. And <laughs> then like in the back of the room, like Kosei kind of has the image of his mom, like in her spot in his mind. Yeah. And even though like that image is black and white, like it lights up and you see like the smile or you just see like the face kind of go into a smile. Yeah. And it's the first time throughout all of this that you've actually seen Saki smile. Yeah. And that's another cry count for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. <laughs> um, yeah. This, this is a, this is a tough episode um, to watch. Uh, you just, you're hearing him struggle and you just want to fill the audience in. You just want to tell them everything that he's been through because they're not rooting for him. They are. They have seen this kid who is the perfect the the you know robot player, and they're expecting that when he comes out on stage, and and that's not what they get at all. And they're confused, and they're like, "Oh, great, another competitor's down." Like the, you just want to you just want to tell them. You just want to be like, "This is what's happening." Like. Uh, it's so hard you just you want to tell them why he's playing mm-hmm. the way that he is and they're freaking animated people in an auditorium that you don't even know and you still feel that way mm-hmm. like you just want to go punch them all in the face and be like hey figure it out yeah. <laughs> but i think by the time the song's over like they kind of get it though because at first they are like all ridiculing him they're like He's like, there he is back to being the human metronome. But then they see him like they literally see him break down in front of a hall just full of people. They all see him break down. And But the one thing that pisses me off about this anime so much, and it's not like it's a bad thing about the anime. It's the story. And it's not like a bad story. It's just that they know that he is being abused at home. Like everyone in the piano community knows they see the bruises. It's spoken about. There are whispers. You hear the people in the shadows whisper about the fact that his arms are always covered in bruises in those flashbacks. And nobody helped him. Nobody did anything. Nobody. Nope. Nobody did anything. But also, like, I don't know. I don't know if they just didn't do it because it was Saki, like the world-renowned pianist, or it's just another one of those situations of it's like it's human nature kind yeah. of and especially today like especially in today's society of people are so quick to pull out a phone and record rather than actually do anything to help yeah. and i think it's just one of those situations of you know i won't do anything because somebody else probably will yeah it's not my place and nothing gets done but it's just like nobody takes the initiative to do anything itself yeah. like do anything themselves and it sucks but, then, but it's in reflection them knowing that and then being in the audience of him two years later, seeing this breakdown and not putting the pieces together frustrates the hell out of me. Oh, no, same. Like, I'm right there with you. Like, seeing the way they act and everything, like, it it just hurts you to it watch does. because you just see it. And it's just like, wow, okay. Yeah. So this is another one of those things to where if you 
if you watch the show on Netflix, you probably wouldn't catch this because once the credits start rolling on Netflix, it automatically skip it. Yeah. But at the very end, because whenever I watch anime, like I know the EDs of the episode are literally a minute, 30 seconds. Yeah. So if you watch something and they're still like 40 or 50 seconds after that, there's an extra you know break. something's up. Yeah. And so after the credits, you see a new character get introduced and it's uh, Saki's best friend and Kosei's old music teacher. And then that's where the show ends. Yeah. Or episode ends. Episode 10 ends there. Not the show. There's still a lot more show to talk about. We're only on episode 11. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is going to be a long one, boys. Go get your tea and coffee. Maybe take a break. Grab a snack. Yeah, go get tea, coffee. If you want to go for a drive and listen to this, or if you're like me and you listen to podcasts on a drive, this is the one for you. Because, my goodness. We're getting into it on this one. Oh, yeah. But also, like, things just continue to kick it up a notch from here, though. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Episode 11 just starts with Takashi, like, going with a inner monologue of superheroes and, like, how, like, you see him as a kid, like, looking up to Kosei and, like, how he truly does view him as a superhero, like we spoke about earlier. And so, and then you cut back to the present and you see Kosei actually get reunited with his own piano teacher, Hiroko Seto, who is the leading female pianist in Japan. Mm. Then, like, once they get reignited, you get another flashback because this show is so keen on flashbacks, but everything makes sense. Yeah. So you get a flashback of Hiroko, like, admitting that it's her fault that Kosei's a pianist. Yeah. Because she's the one that convinced Saki to train him, and she's the one that led him, like, down this path. Yeah. And so Hiroko's just like, you need to stay to see the results. Even though you quit and you know you didn't make it, you still need to stay. Yeah. Then you cut to them on the roof and Cowdy's just like, hey, I got invited to play the gala concert because everybody loved us and I want you to join me. Yeah. And this is where you like get the lead up to Love Sorrow yes. because Cowdy chose Chrysler's Love Sorrow and Kosei is immediately like, no, I want nothing to do with that song. Let's choose something else because that's. Like, that was Saki's song. Yeah, it was the lullaby that she used to play to him. Yeah, like, she played it all the time. Like, that was, like, she basically did nothing but play that whenever she had nothing else to play. Yeah. And so they they continue to argue, but they, Kosei's just like, fine, I'll play it. So you see, like, bits of them practicing and everything. And then the episode ends on probably... Like, another one of my favorite moments of the show, but you get, like, the Firefly moment. Mm-hmm. And this is another one for the cry counter, because this is something that you don't necessarily get the first time, or you kind of start to at this point, yeah. because you kind of realize something is up. Yeah. But watching it through the second time, ooh boy. Yeah. Because Cowdy does a little moment of where she's, like, an announcer, and she's like, so, friend A, <laughs> now that you've gotten your first performance out of the way, how does it feel? And, like, what was your reason for playing? And Kosei, like, at this point, like, doesn't necessarily confess to her. But he's like, you're the reason I play. Like, it's all because of you. And then sadness. And Yeah, and then it's sadness because they just kind of walk off and you just hear Cowdy mumble under her breath that, you know, he needs to get everything worked out because she's not going to be around forever. Yeah. And the episode ends on that. Charlie Brown has never been so sad. 
it never has been. And yet, like, after this show, I can't look at Charlie Brown the same because, oh, it hurts so much. It does. And then episode 12 just opens, and it's, again, like, them just bickering and going ham with one another Mm -hmm. about, like, I don't want to do this song. We need to choose something else. And also, she's giving him, like, nothing but shit because she's like, you need to learn to play with sincerity, even though he's like, I can play this note for note. What's your excuse? And it's great. It's wonderful. But then, like, the flashbacks begin Mm -hmm. of Kosei with his mom. And, like, every time he plays a song, he does nothing but think about Saki, and it's just nothing but flashbacks. And so you get... A moment of Hiroko and Kosei and Hiroko's daughter going to the festival, and like you see, you see Hiroko have her moment of like you get to see her flashback of the whole situation of convincing Saki to teach Kosei. Yeah, this is actually uh, a part that I think is really important in the anime because up until this point you're unsure um, as to whether or not uh, Kosei is a prodigy or if he is just his mother's creation and because of the amount of hours like he it mentions that he was playing for eight hours every single day um, so whether or not it's just like a product of the amount of hours that his mom put him in but this is where you actually get to see that he is just a natural born talent on top of the amount of hours that his mom forced him to play. Yeah, because you just see Hiroko just make up a bullshit song like everything <laughs> is. Yeah, it's like literally the only thing I remember is Hubby is a Dummy. That's it. Just banging random keys. Yeah. The melody, like the little playing on the piano is adorable, but it also like it's banging on keys. Yeah. <laughs> but Kosei like sings along like in tune and plays the same thing and she's just like wait wait a minute this kid's a natural hey Saki you need to teach him how could you play the piano and he's just like how could I not play the piano and she's like wait what (laughs) but it's also like with these flashbacks though like it's also the first time that you see Saki like being a human being like you still don't see her face yet no and yet you like you get to see that she's not evil like by any means like she seems like just a normal mom she's like no i don't want to make him a pianist, pianist. That's a like, she's life, hesitant yeah. on doing any of it yeah but then cut back to the present you just see kosei ask like is it okay for me to play and yuriko tells him like yes it's okay and in fact that's what sake would or sake sake <laughs> that's what like, alcohol <laughs> would want you to play <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to lie at this point. I need some sake. <laughs> or I'm going to need some before this is oh. all said and done. <laughs> drink responsibly, kids. No, not kids. Drink responsibly, yes, drink adults. Responsibly. <laughs> we here at BNB Anime do not condone underage yes, drinking. 18. Or, nine, or 21. What, where are you? If you're in America, 21. Yeah, whatever your legal drinking age where you are is, please be that. Yeah, I'm just like, be 18. It's like, oh, wait, no, I I might be talking to Americans here. Uh, 21. (laughs) Or come to Canada. No, I totally didn't say that. What did I say? Didn't. Something like that. Something like that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) And then, so, cut to Kosei and Cowdy walking Mm -hmm. home. Kosei gets to meet Cowdy's parents. They're giving him shit for cutting his performances short. And they're lovely. Oh, they are absolutely lovely people. They are awesome, like definitely parent goals. Yeah, they own a patisserie and the the baked goods that they make out of there look like they could be in food wars. Like 
Jeez, they look so good. Oh yeah, like everything the show animates is phenomenal, even the food. Yeah, yeah even the food. <laughs> and they like they do all the embarrassing stuff that parents do, you know, whenever a boy comes Showing over. Baby like here's baby yeah. pictures and <laughs> everything, and they like absolutely like pack him full of sweets. Yeah, all of the the day old food, and then also like, hey, do we have any samples? And he's like, got like a mountain of food in front of him. He's like, I can't eat all of this. <laughs> and so whenever he goes to leave, they're like, here, have a bag, take to go with you. <laughs> and so cut back to the day before the festival, and Kose and Cody are still arguing. But then mm-hmm. they're like, ooh, we should do some summer stuff. Let's go do fireworks. And so they do the fireworks scenes. It's nice. It's adorable. But then Kashiwagi asks, like, what Kosei and Cowdy have planned for high school. Yes. And Kosei is already hesitant because he's like, I don't know what I want to do. But then Cowdy just gets really gloomy. Yeah. And she's like, I haven't given my future much, much thought at all. Yeah. And then Tsubaki notices Kosei being really gloomy and is like, hey, what's your problem? And like shoots a bunch of bottle rockets at him. And it causes him and Watadi to both like go diving into the pool to get away. Yeah. And then this dude, like even though like he's in the pool and he's like he has his moment of clarity because he's underwater, but he can see the moon clearly through it. And yeah. And this like, is what I was talking about, about the the imagery of the water and the lack of sound. Uh, and this is where mm-hmm. it was really, really powerful. But you see him like get a moment of realization and clarity and like mm-hmm. you get to hear like Saki kind of lull him off to sleep in a sense, which mm-hmm. is also funny because dude almost drowns. Yeah. <laughs> and literally just in big capital letters in my notes again, all I have is just Baka. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Watari is just going, how did you drown in such a shallow pool? <laughs> and because Kosei wakes up and then just headbutts Watari like he sits straight up. Yeah. Yeah. And then cut to the day of the oh, concert because okay. this show does not slow down. Anyway. Yeah, but so. also, like, one thing in there is, like, Watari's like, uh, that's one way to treat your savior. And, like, it just got me thinking. I was like, wait, did he have to give him mouth to mouth? Like, is that something that we missed here? Like, what's going on? Savior, he drowned. Like, what? Yeah, like, it's almost implied, but you never truly get it. You never truly get it. So sorry, BL lovers out there. You You never get that with this anime. You don't get your moment, sadly. You don't get your Although moment. BL is mentioned. Oh, <laughs> it is on actually. This episode it is mentioned. Because uh, <laughs> I forget who it was. Was it Kosei or Wantadi that asked Kashiwagi about like where she gets her relationship advice from? And she's like, boy, love. <laughs> uh, it's actually Tsubaki, I think. Oh, is it Tsubaki? Tsubaki. I can never say names. Uh, I think so, yeah. But yeah, she's like, like, where do you get your relationship advice from? And she's like, boy, love. <laughs> Yes, Rocky. Yeah, it is. It's um, when uh, uh, they're standing outside of the school gates and um, everyone's walked off and uh, she's like coming to terms with how she's feeling. Uh, oh, it, it, is it about the, the other guy, the baseball player, maybe? I don't know. Um, no, I think it's the thing to where she's like just like trying to nudge her towards Kosei, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, and Something she's like, like where that. do you get all this relationship from? Uh, relationship knowledge from. And then it like pops up on the screen. It's like, uh, is 14 years old, never had a boyfriend. <laughs> it's really funny. Yep. <laughs> but then, yeah, day of the concert arrives and Cowdy is late. Like, everybody's freaking out. Like, everybody's like, why isn't she here? And, but like, 
during all this too, you see a moment of Emmy trying to sneak into the concert hall, yeah. like in disguise, but her teacher immediately picks her out and is like, what are you doing? Yeah. She's got like a face mask on her hoodie. Yeah. But like, yeah. She's like, you're here to watch Kose. She's like, no, no, I was just here. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm the one who gave you the date and time that he was playing and told you about it. So like, dude. And so, um, Hiroko just tells Watadi, like, hey, keep calling her. We're going to go see if we can get them moved to a later slot. And so yeah. they go and ask. They yeah. ask the director, but he's like, ah, uh, you got to, like, you got to swap with somebody if you want it. Yeah. And they're, they're hoping that it's going to be more relaxed because it's not an actual competition. It's just the gala concert. So it's like um, uh, all of the best violinists um, from multiple competitions throughout the season um, get to kind of show off a little bit. Mm. And so. They ask Mike, who is the kid who actually won the competition, and he's like, no. Mm -hmm. But instead of stopping there, this dude decides to be a jerk. And he's like, she's undisciplined and insults her and goes off on a rant. Yeah. But Kosei is just like, look, I'm sorry for bothering you. You can go on last. But look here, the starring role of all of this belongs to us. Yeah. Uh, You do actually see some some background to that as well, because um, he had been like walking through the hall previously um, and everyone was talking about her. Um, And Mm. he was the actual winner of the competition. And like not a single person had come to come see him. Um, And uh, it's like really sad and kind of like you understand where he's coming from. I mean, he didn't have to say it the way that he did, but... Like, he doesn't understand what's going on with them, with their emotions, with everything that's happened with the duo up to this point. Um, you just see him as a competition winner who is supposed to be going to a place where they're celebrating him because he won and nobody cares. Yeah. So, I mean, you do feel bad for him. He's a jerk. But also at the same time, like he's in seventh grade. Like he is like the flashback age of Kosei and all of them. So, yeah. like he... He doesn't understand. Yeah, because they're in a junior group, so I'm assuming he's he's the youngest of the middle school ages. So if they're 14, he's probably about 11. He's the same age as Nagi. Like, they go to the same school. Yeah. So, yeah, 11. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so you get it. Like, he doesn't necessarily know how to, like, fully, like, project his emotions properly. So he doesn't understand. So he just says what he thinks. Because, yeah. you know, kids. Yeah. And so, but yeah, Kosei just hits him with that burn, and you're just sitting there like, damn. Damn. And then, like, here's the cry count again, because episode 12 Ugh. is where the OP and the ED changes, and it goes to orange. Yeah. Orange is beautiful, but my goodness, it, uh, like, the second it started, and just the imagery of Cowdy just floating in the water with, like, tears just like slowly streaming down her face it oh i sobbed a lot yeah yeah Yeah, it's definitely an emotion right then episode 13 love sorrow and what a fitting fucking title for this episode get your tissues get your chocolates because dear god it's awful this episode sucks yeah it's so good but it sucks and the show opens with a flashback of Hiroko coming over to Saki and Kosei's house because it's where Kosei has broken down. Yeah. And so you like this is the moment where you see her with him like having this breakdown. Yeah. And 
you flash back to present and there's a lot of flashbacks in this episode. Like the entire time it's nothing but Kosei like dealing with his feelings yeah. about his mom and Kosei because Cowdy doesn't show. So Kosei yeah. decides to take the stage alone. Yeah. And so he takes the stage alone. Everybody's like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. But once he starts playing, like, he more than makes up for the fact that Cowdy isn't there with his playing. Yeah, he starts playing, um, and he's, like, mashing the keys, and he's so angry because he's upset about what the kid said about Kori. And um, he is just, like, mashing all the keys, and it's just anger and anger and anger and anger and anger. And this is when you see Emmy being like, oh, it's this again. Um, and then he changes again, and his playing style changes, and this is when... He starts thinking about um, how his mother played it. And he starts playing it the way that his mom mm. did. And, like, you get the flashback of, like, him being there with his mom and, like, her lulling him off to sleep. And this is the yeah. first time that you actually get to see Saki with her eyes animated and just the whole yeah. nine yards. And well, he, he asks her why she always plays Love, Sorrow. Mm. Um, and she says, so you get used to sorrow. And it's so sad. And this is where, and the cry counts on here because I cried at this point watching it back. But also, this is my first time crying with anime, period. Oh, really? So, it, yeah, because like I said, this is what got me back into anime. Yeah. And so this was the first time that I cried during the show. So it was my first point ever crying. Right. At any anime period. Now, then again, back whenever the first Pokemon film came out, whenever you had that moment of Ash <laughs> getting turned to stone and Pikachu crying to get him brought back. Yeah. Might have cried at that point. Can't remember because that would have been decades ago. Totally did cry so, at that point. <laughs> so I know watching that as an adult, I cry. Can't speak for myself as a kid. Yeah, me as a kid definitely bawled my eyes out. I think I also cried in Digimon. I don't know which came first. Either Pokemon or Digimon was like the first anime that I cried at. See, I was never a fan of Digimon. Digimon, I actually watched more than Pokemon, although I collected the Pokemon cards to play the Pokemon games. Uh, but I actually watched Digimon more than I watched Pokemon until I emigrated and then I picked up Pokemon. Oh, hmm. interesting flashback mm -hmm. that I think we talked about in the first episode, but I can't remember because I have the memory of a goldfish. I don't know that we did, but there you go. The more you know. Exactly. And then you get another flashback at this point. And again, like I said, I cry a lot at, during this episode as well. Hmm. Because you get the flashback of the moment of Sake. Not Sake. Fuck. <laughs> the moment Saki. of the moment of Saki, like after Kosei is like, I wish you were dead. You get the moment of Saki like picking up Kosei's book that has all of his scores in it that he oh, threw yeah. at her. And she's like, she is just distraught at this point because she tells Hitako, like, I'm sorry about all this, but I'm out of time. Like, yeah. I just, I want him, like, is he going to be okay? I wanted to at least leave him with something to where he can at least hopefully be able to provide for himself yeah. in the future. And, like, just hopefully everything will be okay. And, and, yeah, and Hiroko has like stepped in and been like, you crossed the line because this cuts to like right after she just beat him up with the cane. Um, and she's like, you have crossed the line that it, even for you, that is going too far. 
Yeah, and that's whenever she like breaks down and she's like, I'm sorry about all this. Like I just I wanted to like just try to do what I could for him and I realized I went about it the wrong way and I'm just sorry about all yeah. of it. And you just see like, I hope he's okay. I hope he can take care of himself. Yeah. And I'm getting teary mm. right now just I know I was getting this. teary a couple episodes. Everything's back. okay. <laughs> when we were talking about a couple of, I'm like <laughs> has to remain quiet or else it's gonna like I'm gonna start sobbing on podcast. And so as as the like as his song ends like you just like slowly see the evil ghost of his mom like fade and he tells Saki yeah, goodbye sayonara. and uh, ugh, I, I I'm I'm in tears right mm-hmm. now I need to collect it's myself so sad. it's genuinely genuinely really sad and you also see um uh Saki's friend uh out in the in the hall being like she's there in him like that's 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 her like she's he's playing her um and and it's a really nice moment for her as well because i think it's a moment where she also gets to say goodbye to saki um so it's like both of them together and so you so you see kosei go back into the bag and he and hiroko and hiroko's daughter are all just standing there hugging and crying because it's just it's a sad moment for everyone and then you see like how much kosei's playing affects everyone because mike has to follow that and so he's standing there and he's trembling and the whole audience is just talking about like oh i don't want to hear anything after that we we have to hear another performance like i don't want to spoil my ears with another thing Mm, because at this point watching this you're emotionally exhausted and the crowd that's actually in the show is just they're emotionally exhausted as well And then they're like, oh, oh, he has to play now. Yeah. And so, and Mike is just scared shitless. Yeah. But then he starts to play. And he sees because, his and mom. He's, <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's very much like Kosei used to be. He's like, the score is perfection. Anything else is wrong. Yeah. But then whenever, like, he goes out and he sees his mom in the crowd and his mom like has her head down praying like please everything be fine like everything's gonna be okay yeah and he like like you because you barely get to see him start playing but you see him start to play with the same sincerity that kosei and cowdy play with and like everybody's just like so it's affected him too yeah yeah and episode ends there yeah Okay, I've slightly composed myself again. <laughs> pun intended? Yes, <laughs> pun very much intended. We are the masters of pun here at B&B Anime. <laughs> <laughs> and so episode 14 opens with Kosei just being like, I thought maybe if I came to the music room, you would be here. And he's just playing along and Subaki comes barging in. Yeah. She's like, hey, Cowdy's in the hospital. And he yeets out the school and rushes to the hospital to visit her. And then, which we don't really see that visit, but then they go as a group. And it was at this point, like, again, you see something very similar to the situation with his mom. Like they open the door and Kosei like immediately see Saki. Yeah. Cause you see like that disgruntled, like, thing of you see her and then it cuts to Cowdy and then you see that Cowdy is slowly fading too. Yeah. Like they've colored her hair like grayer. Like they've taken the color out. Like her skin is the same way. Like yeah. it doesn't have that same like skin tone. Yeah, they've desaturated her. Yeah. And then so they just have 
just a typical meeting, not much happens or anything like that. And then whenever they go to leave, like you see the nurse come in and ask if she's good to start a treatment, like brings in the IV and everything else. And you see that it's a lot worse than, you know, how she made it out to be. Yeah. To them. Yeah, because she was just saying, oh, you know, I just fell and I hit my head and there was like blood gushing everywhere and she's making all these jokes about it. Um, and she's got like a, a bandage around her forehead and she's mm. like, and they're just running some tests and um, and uh, Kose just like, um, is he's just double checking. He's nervous. You can tell that he's nervous. Um, and he's just like, oh, well, weren't they running tests last time? And she's like, oh, these are just new tests. Like they just wanted to take some more tests. Um, mm. and I just exhausted myself and it's fine. Um, he's like, well, it's been twice in a short distance and she just like changes the subject and moves it on. Um, this is also the time where, um, Watari, I think it is. Yeah. He, um, gives her a bunch of books that he stole up from the library. Um, oh yeah. Like he turns his book back upside down and I swear like 20 books just comes tumbling out. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then she goes to, she jokes, she's like, oh, I can't read all of these. And then she picks one up and he's like, oh, I got them because they're about music. Um, and she opens it and she sees that Kose had actually read it beforehand. Um, and so mm. she chooses that one to read. And so then after that, like a lot of stuff happens, like kind of throughout the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Subaki and baseball guy go to the festival. Yeah. Kosei is visiting Cowdy in the hospital and Cowdy like is giving him shit for playing the gala alone. She's like, you know, you've got a lot of balls <laughs> for going and like playing that alone. Like, who do you think you are? Just giving him shit. It's all playful. Yeah. It's like you went to a violin gala and played the piano <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> But and then like she just starts crying because she says like I wish I could have heard you play, yeah. love sorrow. Yeah. And then, so after that, it cuts to flashbacks of Subaki and Kosei's childhood, and uh, Subaki not being able to spend any time with Kosei because yeah. of the piano. Yeah. And like you just see like her like slowly start to turn against music because she's like, music is literally taking him away from me. Yeah. And this is where you start to, like, kind of put two and two together that maybe she's... Because she always calls him, ah, oh, he's just my younger kid brother. He's my annoying little brother. Uh, but this is when you start to think, oh, maybe she's been in love with him from day one. Yeah, like, this is the moment where she, like, truly comes to a realization. Mm -hmm. Because, again, like, the flashbacks lead to, like, present day things happening. Yeah. And it cuts to Tsubaki and Kosei having a nice moment on the beach. And Kosei tells Tsubaki that he's planning on moving so that he can go to a high school that will actually let him focus on music. Yeah. And Tsubaki just takes off running. Yeah. And she's just bawling while she's running away. And during that time, like, she's just having flashbacks of Kosei and all their time together. And she just stops, like, dead on the middle of the sidewalk. And she's just like, oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah. Like she has that realization of she's in love with him. Yeah. And that's where that episode ends. Mm. So episode 15 starts. School has started back from summer break. Mm -hmm. Kosei tells his teacher that he wants to test for a music high school. Subaki hears and freaks out again. Mm -hmm. um, Subaki and baseball dude run away. Baseball dude says it's because he's met another girl who is like basically his exact opposite. And he's like, maybe it's best for us to be with people who are our opposites. Like, we're too much alike. Yeah. And But Tsubaki, she's like, no, like, it's my fault. Because all I do is talk about Kosei. And I hurt him. Yeah. 
And this is also the points in my notes <laughs> where I finally learned dude's name. Dude's name is Saito. And of course I learned it when he will literally never be spoken about again <laughs> throughout the rest of the show. I finally learned it's it. It's always that Seen the show six times. Never learned his name. Baseball dude. <laughs> it literally baseball dude the entire time. Hmm. And if I hadn't learned Kashiwagi's name at the end of this, like by the end of the show, I never would have known it throughout the entirety of this because I literally have her as softball girl all the way through yeah. my notes yeah. as well. Softball pitcher, yeah. Yep. But so after they break up, Subaki goes back to the school and she goes to the music room sits with Kose and she just breaks down mm. and she's like, I just got dumped. Are you just going to sit there and keep playing? Yeah. And with all this happening, like Kose just kind of has an inner monologue moment of like, I'm not good with words. Like my music is kind of like how I express myself. Yeah. So he's just like, you know, I'll be here. I'll listen, like say whatever you want. And it's a really sweet moment. It is. It is. And it's also one of the first moments where you really see Kosei just playing the piano for fun. Just for fun. Because mm-hmm. he's not getting ready for a competition or anything like that. He's just he's just playing and just enjoying it. Yeah. And then piano competition time. <laughs> because since Kosei screwed up the last one, he's out. So you just get to see Emmy and Takashi be yeah. frustrated. <laughs> and so Kosei stops by the hospital but refuses to go in. Because at this point, he's just being reminded of Saki too much. He's like, no, I can't go. I don't want to see her. Yes. It hurts. So he goes home, and as he's walking home, he runs into a black cat, walks under a ladder, steps in a bucket. Like, all of the bad luck tropes that you could possibly think about (laughs) happens to him, and he's like, uh, everything's going wrong. And then Chick falls out of a tree (laughs) and onto him. So what does he do? Drags her straight to Hitoko's. And Hitoko's like, what are you doing dragging a girl to my house? You're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Like, have some class. And then girl wakes up and introduces herself. Her mm-hmm. name's Nagi, but introduces her last name yeah. wrong because she uh, introduces herself as Nagi Izato mm. and says that she's a, whole, a huge fan of Hiroko and wants Hiroko to teach her. But she's like, mm, no, Kosei, you can do it. Mm. And so with all that, fast forward, Kosei picks up some Cotillais to take to Cowdy, but when he gets there, wanted he's there. So he's like, mm, nah, I'm leaving. <laughs> and so he walks home, is noggin on the, co- is nomin on the Connellays, but then he gets a call from Cowdy and she's like, hey, you should bring me some Connellays. Hmm. But I want my dad's Connellays because, you know, bakery and all that and they're the best. Yeah. So he's like, fine, I'll do it. And then Hiroko goes through like the school information and finds out that Nagi is Takashi's sister. Yes. And so, but she keeps all of this hidden from Kosei. She's like, mm, no, not going to say a word. Yeah. And then this episode ends with another cry count. Yeah. <laughs> because Cowdy is walking through the hospital and she's excited because she's like, I get Condolese, yay, and collapses again. Mm-hmm. This time she doesn't necessarily collapse like her legs just give up and will not work. And so, like, she's literally, like, beating herself on the leg. She's like, no, you're my legs. You're supposed to work for me. And just, like, cannot get up. And so the episode ends with her just wailing out in sorrow. And it hurts. Yeah. (laughs) It hurts so much. 
Episode 16 opens with you get to see Cowdy collapse the night before the the gala concert. Mm-hmm. And so you truly get to see that yeah, she was right. She was walking, hit her head on a rail, blood everywhere. <laughs> like she wasn't joking. Yeah. Whenever she gave her overly dramatic spiel of what happened. Yeah. Then cut back to the future. You see Nagi finish up a song while well, I say back to the future, back to the present. You know, words. Yeah. Semantics. <laughs> and Kosei choose Nagi a new one. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're doing this wrong. You need to do this. And she's like, oh, but my hands are tiny. I can't do all that. Oh, it, it's funny. I, I love that move because it's just, um, uh, uh, it's just like, oh, don't hold back. Like, tell me the truth. And he's like a, a bubble appears. It's just like, has no knowledge of how to hold back. And it's just like, and then, <laughs> just like, it just immediately goes hail. Oh, it's like, funny. Just yeah. tears into her. Yeah, it's, it's like, great. your left hand is lagging behind your right one. Your wrist movement is all wrong. Your speed is wrong. Your tempo is wrong. Your feet are wrong. Like, everything's wrong. And, like, I know Crunchyroll occasionally has an issue with subs of keeping up mm-hmm. because they'll just start rambling on and the subtitles don't keep up with the words at all like it's just flying by at a pace i'm fairly certain this was one of those situations wasn't it <laughs> it may well have been it very well may have been because even in the dub like i was having a hard time trying to take notes on this like oh my god he's going too fast <laughs> fast and so all that happens, cut to the next day of school. Kosei is going to leave the school and go get some Connelly's tech to Cowdy. Mm. But lo and behold, she is standing outside the school. Mm. Again, she's acting like she's standing out there looking for Watadi. But then she's like, mm, no, you're here. So you get to be a stand in again. And you look like you can carry a lot. <laughs> yeah. And she's wearing a school uniform. Yeah, so she act, she pretends like she's been at school all day and then drags Kosei on a shopping spree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, spree. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, they go in every store and get something. They get, um, see, they get stuffed animals. They get clothes. They get some kitty cat stationery. Oh, yeah. And, and he's just covered in bags by the end of it and she's not holding anything. Oh, yeah. And then at the end, he's like, oh, by the way, where's your bag? Yeah. She's like, uh, I think it's back at the school. We should go and look for it. Yeah. And so they go back to the school. They're going through the school at dark and they go to the classroom and he's like, so where's your bag at? And she's like, oh, um, I wonder where I left that. Like playing the whole like ditzy anime girl part. He's like, you never came to school at all, did yeah. you? And, like, all of the shopping bags also mysteriously disappear during this time. And I'm like, where did they go? I think they must have dropped them off somewhere. But, yeah, all of the shopping bags mysteriously disappear. Yeah, you would think so. But even then, whenever they leave the school, like, you never, like, you don't see the shopping bags whenever she's just riding along on the back of the bicycle. Oh, you do. They're in the basket. In the front of the basket. But that's not as many bags as what they had. I know. (laughs) There are some bags missing. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to the bags? But then, so, yeah, you get the moment of, like, he's just like, twinkle, uh, twinkle, yes, twinkle, uh, I, I cried again. <laughs> that part sucked. <laughs> but, yeah, so you get a moment of them in the classroom of Cowdy again asking Kosei if he's going to forget her. Yeah. And so Kosei takes her home on the back of the bike and she clings to him and just starts crying. At that point, mm-hmm. I cry again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, and that's not even where this episode ends. No, you got to endure some more. 
So cue the next day. Kosei goes to his piano lesson so he can teach Nagi again. He tears into her. So she gets frustrated and runs away. Mm-hmm. So she runs off and Kosei runs after her. And now I have to switch to my paper notes because <laughs> I was at work. So I was like, I can type so much faster than I can write notes. <laughs> so Kosei runs after her, brings her a steam sweet potato because he's literally buying her off at that point. <laughs> Yeah, and she is trying her hardest to resist, but that sweet, sweet potato, or that sweet potato. Steam sweet potatoes are delicious, though, so I don't blame her for being bought off with that. If somebody wanted to buy my loyalty with a sweet potato, I'd let them. (laughs) If somebody wanted to buy my loyalty with pretty much any anime food, I'd let them. So now you see how Blue and I pay each other for the podcast. It's just food. (laughs) It's just food. Who's doing the editing? The other person is cooking. That's literally how all this goes. (laughs) It does, yep. Also, if Brad starts misbehaving, I threaten to take away his bread. So, listen, about that cake that you took away, have I earned it back yet? Uh, it depends, you know. There's so much hidden lore where people have to watch our streams and the podcast to just get all of the lore that goes on between <laughs> us. <laughs> For more content, please check out Blue Lavender and Brad Carter Gaming on Twitch. <laughs> oh, oh, look at that, that free promo, that sneaky plug. Oh, yeah. yeah, shameless plug in three hours into an episode of a podcast. <laughs> Oh my god, we've been recording for so long. Oh yeah, so long. Anyway, Nagi tells Kosei why she plays the piano. And then she asks Kosei why he plays and who he mm-hmm. likes. Because you can, like, you can obviously tell. So he tells her. He tells her about Cowdy. doesn't necessarily say her name. But he's like, there's this girl and all this and all that. And then you kind of... <clears throat> Sorry, you cut to a little moment of Cowdy being in the hospital. She drops her bow like she cannot hold it anymore. Is that what the thing that goes across the violin strings are? I think it's a bow. Yes. Aha, I'm smart. I know my things. (laughs) (laughs) And so then everybody goes to visit Cowdy and Mm. they all start giving him shit because Kashiwagi sells Kosei out. She's like, hey, we know you've been teaching some other girl and (laughs) Cowdy. Like, literally pulls a sake at this point. She gets angry at him. Like, you see shades of his mom start to come back. Yeah. And she's like, you need to be practicing. Like, why aren't you doing all this? Like, we don't have much time left. Like, you need need to do all this. And then you get one more moment of Kosei going to visit Cowdy, but alone. But the whole time, he just continues to have flashbacks of his mom. Yeah. And that's where that episode kind of leaves off. Yeah. Um, so one thing I did want to say uh, was about the siblings. Um, so Takashi and uh, Nagi, they are the main competitor um, really for uh, Kosei and um, his younger sister. Um, she is like infatuated with her brother. They always say that she has like a brother complex, but like not that anime kind of brother complex. Um, not anime lolly brother no. complex. Not one of those. But like she Uh-oh. strongly admires him. Well, they're both classical pianists and he is like winning competition after competition. So I can totally see um, why. Uh, she knows that Kosei is his hero and that all, and she up to this point believes that all of her brother's struggles have been his fault um, because uh, if like Kosei didn't exist, he wasn't in the piano world, then um Takashi wouldn't have to have like put himself through so much and experienced so much like pain and and like hours of practicing and you know been as hard on himself and she doesn't see that 
you know, having a rival is the thing that actually pushed him to be as good as he is. Um, she's just like angry at him. And so she actually kind of like planned this whole thing so that um, she could like discover more about the enemy and possibly hurt the enemy and like get rid of him. And yeah, so this is where you start to see that she is understanding him more and more and more. Um, and the more that she understands him, the more that she actually just grows to like him and admire him the way that her older brother does. Mm. And then episode 17 picks up where 16 left mm-hmm. off. It picks up on Kosei going to visit Cowdy alone. And it, oof, it starts this one off heavy. Because mm-hmm. it's literally Cowdy asking Kosei if he wanted to kill himself with yeah. her. And oof, like that's, that's just harsh. Like that hits hard. I don't know if this is accurate, but the interpretation that I got was that it was a quote from the book that they both read. Mm. See, they don't necessarily mention no. that in the dub, and it's been a while. But, like, you could tell. Like, she's just like, I'm just kidding. She even tells him, like, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think it, I think it was uh, the – yeah, I think it was the book that they both read had, like, a moment in it like that, and she was quoting it. But it, like, it comes back again, like, later on in the mm-hmm. episode. Like, Kosei will eventually answer that question. But yeah. at that point, it just kind of stumps him. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it skips forward to the next day. And Kosei is just being super depressed at school. Yeah. And Subaki and Kashiwagi continue to discuss Kosei and how Subaki needs to focus on her and her relationship with Kosei. Yeah. And like her not trying to get him to go spend more time with Cowdy because Cowdy is the competition. Yeah. And in big bold letters, all I have is people are selfish. <laughs> yeah. Because I get it. It's jealousy and all that. But this dude's hurting. Like, yeah. don't be that way. Like, how mm-hmm. rude. Yeah. But I get it. Like, Subaki's also hurting. And Kashiwagi's like, ah, oh, Subaki's my best friend. So I'm a, I'm a, just tell her what she needs to hear instead of maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But Kosei also can't focus on his lessons. So Hiroko sends him home. But this time, Nagi chases after him and tries to cheer him up. Yeah. On his way home, Kosei just continues to have a breakdown. Because mm-hmm. at this point, like, you literally just see Kosei unraveling. And then Watadi invites Kosei to go to the hospital with him. Mm-hmm. And he, like, Kosei's just like, no, like, you can go. I'm just not going. And Watadi just gets frustrated with Kosei for blowing her off. Yeah. And he shoves Kosei and Kosei just hits the wall and collapses and just breaks down. Yeah. Because he's like, why me? Like, why all of this? And Watiti's just like, dude, he said, if it were me and she needed me, like, I would drink toilet water if she asked me to. Yeah. But it's not me that she needs. She needs you. Yeah. And then he's like, but she likes you. And then Watiti's like, yeah, but she's never once relied on me. Like, every single time that she's needed someone, she has always turned to you. And so after that, Kosei, like, he's a fine, I'll go visitor. And he brings Connolly's this time because, you know, Mm -hmm. man of his word and all that fun stuff. However, Kosei gets there and, like, she just starts asking him all these, or it's just the same typical thing of going over again. It's just trivial like their conversations whenever he goes to visit her she gets yeah. frustrated and he's like oh i'm just gonna forget you and noms all the connellays and then just leaves yeah yeah because well she she says oh you know i see how much this is hurting you we should just press the reset button 
and like you can forget you can just i give you permission to forget and he gets angry he's like how like dare you how could i forget this how could i forget my feelings for you this relationship everything that you've done for me um and uh yeah so uh, as revenge he eats all of the, the treats mm and it's just like nom 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 and just the way they animate it it's hilarious like it it's kind of the break that you need because again like it hits you hard and it's just like oh comedic relief immediately yeah <laughs> and so then the next day kosei asks nagi if he can play the like her school festival with her yeah and so because of this nagi gets super excited she starts overly practicing Mm-hmm. And so does Kosei. Like, you just get little montages of them, like, both just practicing their heart out. And you also get to see, again, another glimpse of the fact that he is just uh, just gifted. Um, because she isn't. She's obviously incredibly talented, but she doesn't have that natural-born gift that he does. Because you can see her being, like, absolutely, like, shocked by the fact that in two days, like, his playing went from like i don't know like c grade to a plus you know it's like the first time he ever played it and then like two days later he is like playing it perfectly and she's like i just don't understand um and yeah so it's another moment where you get to see that he genuinely is a prodigy and it's not just like his mother that like forced him to play that way not only that but also like he still stays up all night playing that Mm -hmm. like he like just doesn't sleep focuses on that so although he is a prodigy and he picks up on it like he's still like this dude puts in more work on the piano than anybody agreed so even if he is like the human metronome like dude like has more passion for the piano than anybody else Mm -hmm. but and so during all of this like during all these montages like you just get to see nagi like start losing heart over her performance she's just like like you can feel all the pressure that's on her because all the people that go up to her just like, oh, you're doing so good. There's going to be all these people come in. Like, they're going to want to do interviews and take photos. And she cracks. Yeah. Well, because it's like, it's um, a school performance. So every, like, student is, like, signing up to perform. Like, it's like a school festival. Um, mm. And it's and everyone's just like, you are the main act. You are the one who everyone's going to be here to watch. Like, there's a reporter coming to write on you. Like, it's all about you. Mm. And so, like, she's just in the middle of her lesson with Hiroko and she just breaks down but Hiroko just talks to her and is like everything's gonna be okay like we're all musicians like we're all born to play even Kosei and I like get nervous like it happens to all of us yeah and this is where you get to see the reflection of for Hiroko um you get to see her comparing that moment of like uh, her new young student crying on the ground to Kosei when he cracked after his mother's death um and that final performance and you get to see how she learnt as a teacher and how to handle those situations and how to, uh, and that she needed to to pick him back up then, but she wasn't able to pick him back up in the way that she did. And she said, I don't deserve to be around him because I'm the one that got him into piano. So she left him and abandoned him. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then you get to see her choosing not to do that in this case. Um, and so it's like character development for her as well. Mm. After that, you cut to everybody going to visit Cowdy in the hospital, and then on the way home, Kosei asks Watadi for a favor. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, you don't necessarily know what it is, but you figure that out very shortly. And so cut to backstage, and Kosei and Nagi are getting ready for their performance, and Kosei starts freaking out because they're following a comedy act, and they're doing a waltz. Mm-hmm. But he, like... 
he just like he can see that Nagi's freaking out and he just tries to do everything that he can to reassure her. and while he's doing that like Nagi looks down and notices that even Kose is like shaking yeah. like he's nervous so she's like so it's not just me like everything's gonna be fine and then episode 18 kicks off with like everybody wondering what the hell Kose is doing playing with Takashi's sister yeah because everybody knows that Kosei and Tagashi are rivals, so they're just like, mm-hmm. ooh, what's going on? Ooh, yeah. But then once they walk out, Kosei and Watadi like, give each other a little nod, and that's whenever you notice that Watadi has called Cowdy. So Cowdy is able to hear all the performance because, you know, that little moment of where they were just like, mm-hmm. hey, I wish I could have heard the performance. Well, guess what? You get to. You get to hear this one. Mm-hmm. So they take off with the performance. Everything is fine. The audience is just immediately engaged. Mm -hmm. Like Nagi's like, okay, everything's fine. Everything's going well. And then Kosei just kicks it into high gear. Yeah. And she has to up her game. Yeah. To match him. Like she's freaking out. Like he's playing this. Like not how we rehearse. Like what's going on. Yeah. But she, like, catches up with him immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a really, like, it's a really awesome scene to watch. It is. Like, it's really good. Yeah. Um, So this particular piece that they're playing here, um, if you are unfamiliar with classical music, you still may recognize this piece um, because it was adapted and used in Disney's Sleeping Beauty. Um, And I believe it's actually called Sleeping Beauty. Um, it's a beautiful waltz and this is one of the pieces where I think um, they chose the music so incredibly well because of the natural swing of a waltz of this piece um, you're really able to hear each pianist play um, individually but also with the accompaniment of each other um, because they're playing on the same piano they're not playing on two different pianos um, and uh, you get to you get to hear like her shine and when it's like her internal dialogue, you get to hear it. And then um, there isn't much internal dialogue for Kose in this, but you do get to hear like the crowd being like, oh my God, like, what is he doing? He's like, uh, he's a sadist and like all this kind of stuff. Um, talking about how he's pushing her and, and forcing her to keep up with him. Um, and uh, you get to hear, you get to hear him playing then. And then you get to hear her playing when she's like battling him and, um, and then they sort of come to a mutual understanding with their playing as they go. And, and the, you get to hear her say, two months ago, I would have not been able to keep up with him. Um, and uh, and you actually get to hear like the teachers just being like, oh, and the reporter as well being like, he's not actually like a lot of people in the audience were like, oh, my God, he's over pressuring her. But you get to hear the actual professional opinions say that he is perfectly guiding her. Um, and it's a really sweet moment. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> and. The song is just beautiful, mm-hmm. and you like get a little flash of Cowdy in the hospital, and she like forces herself to like actually be able to stand up and like air play along on the violin with them, mm-hmm. and it's it's really sweet. But yeah, and so the song kind of ends with that, and then the crowd just loses their mind. Yeah, this was a fantastic other piece of imagery actually with her. Um, playing the piano, uh, playing the violin along with, because she's air playing the violin until the very last note of the song, where they actually draw in a bow in her hand, and I thought that imagery, the way that they drew that, beautiful. Yeah, and every time they do that too, because this is the first time it's done, and then after that, it's done a couple more times, mm-hmm. and every time it just gets more and more powerful. Yeah, 
So at this point, you kind of see like the way like Cowdy feels about music. And but then the last couple of times you see it, oof, like it just gets better. Yeah. From there. But also the like emotion you get from Nagi at this point, like once it's all said and done and you finally see like the realization of how much music can move people and like how like her song like resonated with everyone. Yeah. She's definitely moved by it. Yeah. Well, because up until this point, like she she admits while she's playing the song that she doesn't want a professional career in music. She just wants to play because she wants to play. And then afterwards, you can kind of see her thinking okay, maybe that is what I want. You know, maybe maybe I do want to look at playing more seriously because right now I've only been playing for my brother. But after that performance, she sees how it moves more than just her brother. It reaches more than just her brother. Um, and yeah, I could see her pursuing music as a career. Mm. So after the performance, they go backstage and you get a funny little moment of Kosei <laughs> finally finds out that Nagi is Takashi's younger sister. And they have, uh, they have a funny little moment of Takashi calling Kosei a cradle robber yeah. that he's a pervert for going after Nagi. <laughs> it's funny, but we also find out that Kosei doesn't even know Takashi's name. Yeah, he's like it's Takewari or something like that. Like just butchers it, <laughs> and then. So the following day at school, you see Mike confront Nagi and he's like, hey, like, so he's like, how do you know Kosei? And she's like, Kosei, you don't get to call him Kosei. That's Mr. Arima to you, Mr. Arima. <laughs> and like, Mike is just jealous over all of this. He's like, oh, I want to beat Kosei. <laughs> oh, my God. And, um, and Nagi telling her brother, he's been teaching me all kinds of things. And it's like... <laughs> And, like, you just get to see the moment of, like, typically you would see this in, like, a father-daughter role, but instead you see it with, like, older brother, younger sister role of, uh, he's teaching me all these things, and I'm so much more experienced than I was before out of context. Yeah. Like, Kosei would get his ass beat oh my God. any other time. <laughs> but then... So, after that, you cut to Cowdy on the rooftop, playing with a melodica mm -hmm. with the kids from before or two of the kids from before it's not all three but it's the two little girls mm -hmm. and Cowdy's just like oh this dude's a jackass <laughs> playing a song for violinists who can't even play oh yeah and then it was at this moment where Kosei like actually has an answer for it and he's like no he's like I can't kill myself with you yeah for the question that was asked previously yeah, he's like, because I'm always following you. So yeah. that's another case of it would just be following you because you're like the reason I play, like you're leading me along on this path. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I am a jackass. Yeah. But I'm going to be selfish. I want you to play with me one last time, one more duet. And he even spins the question on her that she's been asking him throughout the whole, sh whole show. Like, do you think you can just forget yeah. And episode ends on that. Oh, so good. Uh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And she calls him a jackass for, uh, uh, for making her dream again. And it's, oh, mm. it's, it's so like, emotional. Oh, it does. And, uh, so close to 22 right now. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. 
And so episode 19 opens with Cowdy in a meeting with her parents and her doctor. And she's like, I want to go through with this experimental treatment. Like, even though it's dangerous. Yeah. She's like, I got to play. Yeah. Like, he asked me to play. Yeah. So I'm going to play. And so you see her, like, going through physical therapy, but also pestering the shit out of Kosei in between sessions. Yeah. And also during this, you get flashes of Subaki like studying super hard because she wants to go to a school near Kosei. And yeah. Subaki is like big dumb, like D student the whole time, like barely scraping by. But she is making B's like yeah. in a school that she shouldn't even be able to be anywhere close to getting into. She's making a B on their mock entrance. I know. And everyone's like, the gorilla got that score. <laughs> she's just like sitting on a pedestal of desks. Like, look at me, peasants. I'm making a B. And everybody's just like, no. wow, I only asked you how you did because I thought. <laughs> you were only, you were going to do worse than me. And I thought I was going to feel better about my school. But you actually got higher than yeah, me. Nope. <laughs> and so, uh, so Kosei goes to the hospital to visit Cowdy, but she's not in her room. So he's like, mm, I'm going to just go home because I don't know what happened. Something might have happened to her. Maybe she got transferred to a different hospital or ICU. I don't know. So he leaves, but whenever he gets outside, he runs into her parents, and they're like, hey, come on, you want to go see her? Let's go. <laughs> and so he, or they show him that she's doing physical therapy, and they tell him, they're like, it's all your fault, you know? Like, you asked her to play. Yeah. So she's doing everything she can to play that she had literally given up, but it's all because of him that she's keeping going, and it's just, yeah. oh, it's just such a sweet I know, moment. I know, they say that uh, her heart turned gray, but you gave it color again, and it's like, excuse me while I just go shoot myself because I'm feeling too many emotions right now. <laughs> and then you see Tsubaki and Kashiwagi continue to discuss Kosei and Tsubaki. She's like, I'm jealous of music, all this is bullshit, Kosei's focusing on nothing but music, blah, 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 blah. And then piano competition day again. Mm. <laughs> and but this time you get a sweet little moment of Kosei sharing his egg sandwiches with Emmy and Takashi in the hallway. I get a really sweet little moment. They are literally all acting like they're just friends and it's nice. It's awesome. Yeah. And so Takashi takes his turn and he's just like, you know, this is typically the point to where I'd hit you with some sick burn. But he's like, you know what? I've got nothing. Because we're musicians. Anything we got to say, we'll just say it with music. And I'm like, that's so cool. You're so awesome. Keep that up. <laughs> but the whole time he's out there, like, you actually get to see him, like, have his own internal struggle and character development moments. Because he's pissed. He's like, of all the things that could have happened, he's like, you know, I've been so focused on my own stuff that I've neglected Nagi, and that's caused Nagi to go after or to seek out Kosei to try to get closer to him. Yeah. He's like, that should have been me. But then he's also like, no matter like how much I've looked up to him, he's like, I've still lost. Yeah. So he's yeah. just kind of realized like, like, hey, I'm, you know, focused on the wrong thing. And also in this moment you can see him really come to terms with the fact that his hero isn't artificial his hero is a human and like because all the way up until this point like he was uh all the way up until the point where he saw Kosei again he was thinking that he's like this robot like he's unreachable because like I want to reach him but he kind of put him on a pedestal of like it's impossible to reach him he's a superhero and then he saw him 
play the way that he did, realized that he is human, got really angry at him. How could you be human? Da, 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 da. And then this is the moment where you see him come to terms and accept the fact that he is human and that that makes him be able to play the, the way that he does. And you also then see that admiration come back um, and him admiring him for a different reason and not because he's unattainably good, but because he is as good as he is because he is human. Mm. And that was all like, all that was just there to like, kind of give you some more background information on Takashi. You don't see Emmy yeah. play. You don't see Kosei play. Like you no. just see him have his little moment and he goes backstage and Kosei and Emmy just give him shit. Because about he, how he, he played oh. Chopin for the first piece. And then for the second, like the, the, all of the emotion that you see is through the first piece, and you don't actually get to see the second piece that he played. Um, and then they, he goes backstage, and they're just like, "Your second piece was so shaky. You think you're gonna place with that? Ha 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 ha!" <laughs> uh, because, because apparently, like, he, well, he effectively poured out all of his emotions in the first piece, and then had to play another piece. Yeah, even he was emotionally exhausted after the first one. Where after the second one, he just yeah. goes backstage and collapses. He's like, "Shit, yeah. I'm out of energy." <laughs> yeah. And then that's where the episode ends. So episode twenty. Like, opens up with another flashback. Shocker. I know. But <laughs> you get a flashback of Tsubaki as a kid getting a cold. Everybody's like, oh, the gorilla's got a cold. Oh. <laughs> and so Kosei and Tsubaki walk home with her, and Kosei buys her an orange juice. And he's just like, you're not a gorilla. You're a girl. And, oh, it's so cute. Mm. And then cut back to present day. Tsubaki is, again, gloating because she's gotten all bees again. Yeah. And then, oh boy, things hit the fan next. Because <laughs> Kosei and Watadi go to the hospital to visit Cowdy. They have their little moment in the hallway. You get another yeah. flashback and then you get the big moment. Mm -hmm. But everything, like it all happens so quickly. <laughs> yeah. So like they're going to the hospital to visit Cowdy. And Kosei just basically tells Watadi, he's like, hey, I like Cowdy. Or I like Cowdy. And Watadi's like, I know. It's just like, dude is so freaking cool. <laughs> so you get a flashback right after that of Kosei and Tsubaki as kids running around looking for Chelsea. Because again, you just get that moment of like Kosei, like kind of defying Saki in a sense, but he's like running out in the rain. To looking, try and get the cat. Yeah, mm -hmm. trying to find the cat, and he's just breaking down under the jungle gym. And he's just like, I really am my mother's puppet. Like, I just let her take him or take her with just and didn't try to put up a fight. And she's yeah. just like, Nah, look, like, you're not your mother's puppet. Like, you like all these things, and you're you. So there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's just a really sweet little moment. Mm -hmm. And then. Flash forward, so you get a moment of, like, it jumps around here as far as the actual timeline of everything goes. It jumps back yeah. to before this of, like, Kosei and Tsubaki walking home. Kosei is thinking about going to the hospital to visit Cowdy, but Kosei sees Watadi walking in the hospital. It's like, mm, you know what? It's going to rain. Let's go home. Mm -hmm. So they stop right, at the yeah. vending machine, get some canned orange juice. Yeah. And Tsubaki calls Kosei out, basically for being a little bitch yeah. and not going to see Cowdy in the hospital. And she's like, 
He's jealous, and she like really calls him out. She's like, "You're jealous of Walt and DC, and then together does nothing but hurt you." And she's like, "I know you're in love with Cowdy, but that's never gonna happen." She's head over heels for Walt and Cody's just like, "I I know all of that." Yeah. So Subaki like just finally comes out and confesses to him. She's just like, "Maybe you should fall in love with me instead." Yeah. Then kicks him as hard as she possibly can in the shin and runs away. <laughs> he's so dense, though. Like, in the next bit, he's so dense. And so you uh, you see the next day, and, like, they have an awkward little run-in in the hallway, because he's just like, hey, Subaki, and Subaki just gets flustered, just yeets down the hallway. Yeah. And so Kosei is struggling with all this. He, you can just tell he's got a lot on his mind. That evening, Cowdy calls him and she's like, hey, you don't have to visit me anymore. Like, I'm relieving you of all your duties. You got to get ready for your competition finals. And then immediately mm-hmm. calls him back. It's like, hey, there's a giant airplane. She's like, oh, we share the same sky and all that. It's cute. It's adorable. I'm it not doing cute. it anywhere near enough justice right now. Go watch it. It's wonderful. Go watch the show. <laughs> Go watch the show. Basically, this whole podcast is just, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. How many times have we said that now? Can we get a counter? 37 appearing somewhere? I don't Honestly, know. Honestly, probably about <laughs> that. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to go see you. And it's because I want to see you. Like, no other reason. I just want to go see you. So cut back to right after Kosei just told Watadi, like, hey, I like Cowdy. They walk up. And, like, they see nurses just rushing into her room, saying that she's seizing and going into cardiac arrest. And, like, the last moment that you see of them, like, at the hospital, like, you just see Cowdy holding on to the hospital rail of the bed and then just going limp. And another cry count. (laughs) Just just put, like, three there. That's fine. Yeah, like that's just that's just nonstop crying for the rest of the episode because there's still more. The episode isn't done yet. There's still more. <laughs> so Kosei's walking home after this, and the black cat that's been following them around the entire show gets hit by a car. And so he carries it to the nearest animal hospital. He's beating on the door, like, hey, I need to get in. I need y'all to look at it. And the cat passes away. Mm-hmm. And so Kosei walks home and like has a moment at the park of like where he's just trying to wash his hands. And like no matter how much he washes him, like you still see the blood stains yeah. on his hands. The blood stains aren't there, but he just imagines them there. And like thinking about Cowdy just collapsing, just breaks him. Yeah. And that's how that episode ends. Lovely. Great fun. And so episode 20 starts with Wattadi breaking the news to Subaki of Cowdy being in the ICU. Everybody's looking for Kosei. Nobody can get a hold of Kosei. So Hiroko just busts into the house and like picks him up like, hey, you're going to start playing. You've got a competition coming up. Mm. Like you can't do that. And he just, he cannot. Like he is done. And... After that, you get a moment of Emmy and Takashi, like, practicing their asses off. Like, not even a care in the mm-hmm. world. Because they don't know what's going on with Kosei and all mm-hmm. that. So, he's just, like, he's just broken. But he finally decides to return to school. Like, they give us no reason as to why. He just magically shows up after taking a hiatus. 
and he's got a letter in his desk from Cowdy. And you can tell it's Cowdy because note a few episodes ago, whenever I said she bought Kitty Cat stationery, it's got a Kitty Cat sticker mm-hmm. on it. So ding. <laughs> <laughs> and literally all it says in the letter is I want Connellys. No. So he shows up with the Connellys at the hospital once she's able to go back to her room. And she's like, take me to the roof. I want to eat them on the roof. And continuity break for a second. I know we're so late in this episode, so I don't need to break continuity for a second. But he carries her up to the roof Mm -hmm. on his back, right? Why didn't he take the IVs with him? Hospitals also have elevators. Exactly. But she is hooked up to IVs. Why? Like, he did not carry, he didn't carry them with him. <laughs> he didn't put her in a wheelchair. He didn't use the elevator. Just nothing. Just sticks him on her back and just carries her up the stairs, all the way up the stairs to the roof. <laughs> and so, once they get up there, Cowdy sits him down, or Cowdy gets put down on the bench, and she asks him, she's like, you've been playing the piano? You've been too busy moping. He's like, mm, I can't. I can't play. But Cowdy tells him, she's like, look, there's a chance that I can be fixed and she's taking it and that it's all his fault. Like he is the reason she's playing. So you get that nice little switch around moment of where he told Mm -hmm. her in the Firefly moment of all that. So he's like, you're the reason I'm playing. And this is, again, a moment to where, like, you see the imagery of Cowdy standing up. And they animate that air violin into her hands. And she plays the first song that they played together on stage. And they animate all the or they like add all the music in and everything. And like Kosei's just like, oh, crap. Like, I guess I got to play. And like she collapses, like once the song's done, like you can see like the spell, quote unquote, is broken. And like she collapses into him and she's like, in the same way that you have me, I have you and, you know, cry (laughs) so much cry, so so much cry. And so after that, Hmm. it's the day of the competition. You also, it's also the day of Cowdy surgery. So, so much stuff is going to go on in the next two and a half episodes. And it literally, the entire time, it's cutting back and forth Mm -hmm. between the surgery and the competition the entire time. So you see Emmy and Takashi both dazzle the audience. And Kosei is, again, having a breakdown backstage. And even Emmy and Takashi are just like, dude, are you okay? You're dead. Mm -hmm. You need to go home. You don't need to play. But he just keeps repeating to himself, like, Mm -hmm. I got to play. I got to play. Because he's like, if Cowdy's going to, then I'm going to as well. And so Kosei walks out on the stage, takes a seat at the piano, and just starts having flashbacks. And again, breaks down. Like, he he just can't even start playing. Like, head in his hands, it's a repeat. But he just keeps having the flashbacks. But then the positive ones just start kind of popping back in of Cowdy. And then Tsubaki sneezes because she's sick, because continuity continues of the her running in the rain. So anime trope of if you get yeah. caught in the rain, you're going to get sick. And But also that sneeze is perfectly timed because it snaps Kosei out of it. And he like sees everybody in the audience and he's like, oh, 
everybody's here. Yeah. Like, everybody's here to watch him. And he just starts to play. And cry. from this point on, I basically cry. Yeah, same. Like, from here to the end of the episode, um, you won't stop crying. Yeah, because it just it gives you nothing but scenery of them together. And like Kosei just inner monologuing to himself the entire time. The scenery that it gives you is beautiful. And just the song that he plays, like it literally does nothing but resonate sadness. Like even if they didn't do the imagery, even if he just played the song, like you would be a sobbing mess at this point. But And then she starts to play. <laughs> and then episode 22. <laughs> Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh. It's so much. It's just so much. So episode 22, it literally animates like Kosei playing the piano in the clouds. And they animate like Cowdy in Kosei's mind in the dress that she wore from their first performance together. Just playing. And you can actually hear the violin as well. Like, you hear it. Like, there is no audience making any noise. Like, the audience is dead at this point. Like, it's literally just him and her playing. There is no monologuing. Nothing. It's just them playing. And, like, they animate it to where it seems like it's going on forever. You see the sun rise. You see the sun set. Like, mm-hmm. you see them playing, like, in the night sky with the stars. And it's... oh. It's so rough. Like at this point, it's I'm crying. Hard. Yeah, like yeah, I'm. It's hard. I'm just bawling at this point. <laughs> yeah, like you can't even barely see the imagery because it's just tears. And like, here's how you know this episode is going to go ham. For the 21 episodes prior, they're doing like you get little like snippets and previews of what the episode's going to be about before you get the OP. There yeah. is no preview for this. It goes straight into the OP. Yeah. So you know it's going to go ham the whole yeah. episode because no flashbacks are needed. No. From this point on. And you get the visuals of them playing. And then the song is wrapping up like they're on like the last probably page or whatever of the score. And like you just see like Cowdy start to explode in an array of like cherry blossom petals. Mm-hmm. And Kosei's just like, no, come back. And like, you just hear the music kind of like just get even more somber and sad than what it's already been. Mm-hmm. And like, you just literally just watch her like slowly start to fade away. Mm-hmm. And like, as the song wraps up, he's just like, he tells her goodbye too because it's like he knows. Yeah. And I'm not okay. <laughs> No, and the hardest thing about it is that, um, like, in the Japanese language, if you watch it with the subs, um, the hardest thing about it, it's just one tiny element of it. I don't know why I said it was the hardest thing. But, like, one of the things I noticed this time, having studied the Japanese languages a little bit, um, is that uh, both times when he says goodbye to his mom and when he says goodbye to her in this case, um, he says sayonara, which actually doesn't exactly translate to goodbye, it translates to when fate will bring us together again. Um, it's only used in more like intense circumstances. It's not used casually. Um, mm. 
and understanding that and then watching this again was just like it was just like ah because he's saying more than goodbye he's not just saying goodbye he's uh it's just a lot it's just a lot and then like once he says goodbye and once the song is over like it it doesn't give you any time for reprieve like it jumps to winter time and he's at the graveyard with Cowdy's parents and they give him a letter and you just, you just don't get time to breathe at this point. Like it just does not give any, (laughs) but here's the thing. They give him the letter from Cowdy, but he doesn't read it immediately. Like he waits and basically he doesn't read it again till the cherry blossoms bloom, which April, which I found odd, but maybe he needed to grieve. I don't know. I don't care about continuity at this point. I'm being a crying little bitch. (laughs) And so he finally decides to start reading the letter. And I can't. (laughs) I I can't. I have notes on everything the letter says, but I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So basically the letter just starts with her insulting him. Um, And it's very cute. It's just like their relationship um and uh she says that it's strange writing a letter to someone that she was just with she thanks him for everything um and uh she admits about the lie that she told in april which was that she was in love with um watery um when actually uh, she wasn't. She's always been in love with him. And it's hard. It uh, It's so hard. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so hard. Because <laughs> she, like, gives him, like, she gives him the full backstory on everything. She's like, the first time I saw you was your first ever yeah. recital. And she's like, you could tell like how much you were going to move people because the girl beside me just broke down Emmy, and started crying. Yeah. And it was Emmy. So whenever Emmy had her flashback of crying and like, you even see like the blonde hair sitting beside her, but at the moment, like you never piece it together Yeah, at the time. But then like you see Emmy break down beside her whenever like you get the flashback and, and then like she immediately runs home tell to her parents that she wants to be a violinist. She wants to quit piano lessons and start violin because she wants to play alongside him. And that was like, uh. um, but you also see her explain the reason why she never told him that she loved him, um, was because she had like followed him his whole life and that she had, um, uh, always been sick, been in and out of hospital, that she, um, always admired him but that their trio um, was always so close that she never felt like she could approach them. Um, And then uh, when she found out, when she saw her parents crying in the waiting room one night, she realized that she most likely didn't have much time. And so she says that she started to run. Um, And she then um, went and told... Sabaki that she uh, was in love with Watery and wanted to get to know him uh, because she didn't want to come between 
what she like she knew that they were in love like that she was in love with him and, and didn't want to like overstep boundaries or anything so she said that she was in love with his best friend and it's just so sad <laughs> and in the letter she's like tell watati that i'm sorry yeah for that and tell Subaki that she's sorry too she's like i didn't mean to kind of come in between y'all and cause this sort of mess yeah so she's like i'm really sorry for all of that and she like she's just like i'm not okay (laughs) (laughs) but so she's like yeah i love you don't you forget about me yeah promise you won't forget about me yeah and then she's like, oh, yeah, P.S. I've attached my favorite photo and I want you to have it. And it's a photo of her with Kosei looking at the camera, but in the background with a popsicle. When they were like And Kosei, five. yeah, whenever they were little, like it was obviously like right after his first little concert. Yeah. And like... The last imagery you see of it is Kosei has it framed and put on his piano. And that's how the show closes. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, this oh, this episode was rough. It, it is. Oh, why did you make me watch this again? It's so sad. I'm wondering why I do this to myself every year in um, April. But yeah, that is, that is our... Our summary, our discussion of your lay in April, and um, for good reason. Sorry that it's went three and a half hours, <laughs> but there's like, we couldn't divide this one like ReZero. There is no true good stopping point no. for this show. Like, it's because taking a break from it is like taking a break from the actual show. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean as much no. whenever you step away from it and kind of. Like, give yourself time to breathe. Like, it means so much more. Like, the first time I watched it, I binged it in 24 hours. Mm. Like, it's very bingeable because you kind of want to. Yeah. Yeah, like, you just, once you start it, it's just infectious. Like, you feel everything in this show. Mm -hmm. Like, every emotion possible. Mm -hmm. It just sucks you in, and it just does not let go. Mm -hmm. And, obviously, it obviously you feel everything because i'm sitting here in tears right now (laughs) yeah it's genuinely it's genuinely hard to watch uh but not in a way that makes you not want to watch it um although (laughs) i don't know how frequently i will watch this i definitely not like brad that could watch this um annually but then i also don't tend to be a person that watches things multiple times anyway um so yeah i don't know um but yeah it's it's so you're welcome i got you to watch twice (laughs) you did and i hate you for it um (laughs) (laughs) it's highly rated so listen guys this is going to be the last episode of the podcast because she hates me yeah I quit I quit you're on your own now bud Um, oh so you're the one who quits now I see how it is (laughs) Um, uh, it's highly rated on like everything that it is rated on Um, it's up there as one of the best animes of all time in most people's minds um, because it is so well done Um, the thing about it it's just you need to be in the right mindset to watch it. I would not recommend that you watch it if you have uh, things going on in your life, or unless you need like a cleanse or something. I don't know, but like, uh, it's just 
if you need a good cry, watch this. Like you will immediately get all your emotions out. And I think that's kind of, that might be another reason why I watch it every year, Mm -hmm. because typically around this time of year, like especially now with recent events back a month ago from time of recording, like February is a really hard month for me now. So it really is, it's a good cleanse for me and has been for the past three or four years. So it, it really does make for just a good cleanse on that. But yeah, if you struggle with depression or have perhaps dealt with like trauma in the past, it may not be for you. It could be triggering for those who have dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Cause it like, you feel like the emotion that and just because like whenever like even with all the abuse and everything like you feel every bit of it and even with all the sadness and depression and sorrow like you feel every bit of it so if there's like any potential issues like just know that going into it of it's a really hard watch it's a phenomenal watch it's beautiful like it's to me, like it truly is my favorite anime of all time, but it can be hard. Like it's still hard for me to rewatch it every time because it's just deep. Mm-hmm. Like it makes you feel things, mm-hmm. but it's it's absolutely beautiful. Like you cannot ask for a better show. Yeah, yeah. So I guess your overall rating of Your Light in April is a ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Like I, there's, there's nothing else I can give it other than a 10 out of 10. Mm. It's to me, it is perfection. Like even like my gripe with it of them, like animating them as tiny children, even though they're in seventh grade, like that doesn't detract from it from me. Like I get why they do it. They want to make it seem distinct. Mm Mm-hmm. So I give them a pass on it and that's not even just nostalgia and personal, like, I get why they do it. So I give them a pass. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating, but I understand why it serves a purpose. So I can't dock them points for Mm -hmm. it. So 10 out of 10 on all scales. Animation is stunning. Music is stunning. I cried. So that's points. (laughs) So yeah, 10 out of 10. What about you? I am going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. Um, Reason being is um, it, makes me cry and gives me headaches because I'm crying. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's very emotionally exhausting to watch. Um, and like I, I did say before that it is completely rewatchable because of the fact that you notice so much more the second time you watch it, but I can't see myself rewatching it frequently because of how heavy the subject matter is because of how intense it is. And just because of how draining it is. Like if you watch this anime you are going to need time to recover from watching it um and you're gonna need to watch something really really stupid which is why our next episode is on the dead high school boys and what was the other one that we're doing are you lost are you lost um which i have both seen before and recommended to brad to watch um to try and cheer him up a bit um from your late april 
I'm totally going to go binge watch Daily Lives of High School Boys again after this episode. I need that in my life right now. And also because I need to take notes because what the fuck was that show? Because what the fuck is that? (laughs) Yeah. So that is what we are going to be watching, uh, watching and reviewing, talking about, uh, discussing next, uh, next week. Or, well, I don't actually know when that's coming out because this is coming out in April. So. So this will be dropping April 5th, so the next episode should be dropped on April 12th, presuming Blue and I are able to record because I am moving. So hopefully yes. we'll be able to get that pre-recorded and kind of get everything set up. Do you want to try to do yeah. a movie for the next one? Yeah, sounds like a good plan. Cool. Um, and yeah, so for everyone uh, listening at home, if you haven't had enough of Brad and I, um, you can find us um, on Twitch at Brad Cutter Gaming and at Blue Lavender. Um, you can also find uh, information on the podcast um, on our Instagrams and uh, Twitter, which is um, at BNB Anime for both. Um, we also do have a website. The URL is bnbanime.podbean.com and you can also find our podcast on anywhere where you find your podcast spotify itunes youtube all that fun stuff yes and if you do have any recommendations for anime that you want us to review in or talk about i don't even really know if this is a review necessarily it's just a discussion um you can hit us up in the dms um on uh, instagram and twitter and we will at some point get a suggestion box set up on the website but like like brad's moving and i've got projects that i'm working on right now so we're kind of busy outside of um this but yeah so we will get that set up eventually um, I think that's pretty much everything, unless there was anything else that you wanted to talk about when it comes to Yule and April, Brad. Nope, nope. I'm emotionally exhausted. I, Me too. I, I, I could gush about this for hours, but I'm I'm just you exhausted have. at this point. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I have gushed for three and a half hours. I'm, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I'm very happy we talked about this. It's been an absolute pleasure, but I need... I need to go binge watch something funny and then I need yeah. to go to bed because I'm I'm still not okay. I'm still being a sobby I'm mess. Not okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's intense. It's exhausting. We're both uh, very tired. So I think that's where we're going to sign off for today's podcast. So thank you guys so, so much for listening. I just like smashed my desk. I'm sorry if that picked up on my mic. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. I very much appreciate it. Um, yeah, we out. Yep, we out. Peace. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.